Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this live episode of the Around the World podcast right here on the new ATR network. As always, you guys know where to find us. We're on any social media site. Just search Around the World podcast or the new ATR network. Let me introduce you to my tag team partner. This Saturday, he makes his return to Ace Pro Wrestling as they make their return to Teaneck, New Jersey for Hero Celebration. And we'll get all into that. He'll also be on the call for VPW on February 17th, Creator Pro on the 18th, and so much more coming up going into the almost the first the end of the first quarter of 2024. You know him, you love him. The one, the only sexy Ryan himself. What's going on, Ryan? What's going on, guys? As always, it's Tuesday night, and it's another edition of the Around the Roads podcast. Uh, like John said, we got a lot to talk about, so let's uh, let's get right into it. Absolutely. We do have two guests coming on, though. I do want to make a quick mention of that. At 8.30, friend of the show, owner and promoter of The Dynasty, Chris Envy will be joining us ahead of their show, which I'm actually going to pull up the poster right now. Because actually, I think I have that poster. Yes, I do. Talk all about It Was All a Dream. Happened on February 17th live. Empire Live up in Albany, New York. Tickets are still available. Then at 9.30, we kind of made this happen last week on the show. But his official, making his return after being away from the show for quite some time. The one, the only, Pete Rosado. Not Pete Rosario. Papa Dank. <laughs> but Pete Rosado will be joining us ahead of their show of We Are Wrestling called Don't Call It a Comeback happening this Friday live from St. Helena Church. And we'll probably talk to him about some other stuff as well. But, Ryan, let me, before we get into uh, what happened, how was your weekend? Oh! Wow. I know one thing for sure, at least I'm sitting in a chair. Yes. Yes, but we won't talk about that right now. What are you talking about? Exactly. But let's get into the Rumble because that's the big thing everybody's talking about. <coughs> Coming off the heels of an interesting Monday Night Raw, to say the least. But now that we've been, you know, we're a couple of days mo- removed from the Royal Rumble. Let me ask you this. Obviously, you and I saw it live together. Uh, overall, what were your thoughts on the Rumble itself? So... If I'm being honest, the women's rumble was the best match on the card. How, how so? They had surprises. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, because you had uh, Trinity coming back. You had Jordan Grace there. Um, you had Tiffany Stratton. You had Liv Morgan who made her return. Um, Our truth was in the rumble for five seconds. Well, he got confused. I thought it was funny. Oh, that 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 popped me. But I agree with you about the women's rumble. I said it Saturday night. We've been a few days removed from it, and I still stick to it. To me, the women's rumble, and I'm not saying this because I'm I'm hating on the women's rumble, but my expectations for the women's rumble were not as high as the men's. And I say that because we were talk we talk about the men's rumble. And we'll get into Men's Rumble in a second. It was one of two possible ways they could have gone. It's almost like, here's the best way I can describe this. It's almost like WWE brought you down this path, and they said, okay, if you go down this path, Cody's going to win. If you go down this path, 
Punk's gonna win. It's like, it's like the Matrix. Red pill, blue pill. Exactly. Where on the women's side, it wasn't so obvious that Bailey was going to win. Everyone was saying Becky was. That's what I, I had my assumption being Becky. Because from what I had read in reports, the plan was for Becky versus Rhea at Mania in Philly. It's still going to happen. But I think that's where the chamber comes into play. Um, I like the flow of it. I like, you know, I like the fact that with the women's, they took you on so many different twists and turns. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's almost like you didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect the freaking knockouts champion to show up. Yeah, but the one thing I like, though, is how they put over TNA. Mm-hmm. I really like that. You, you can tell that moment right there. We're not in the Vince McMahon era anymore. Nope. Vince McMahon. Yes, granted, I know Mickey uh, James was back. Was in the Rumble back in was it twenty two? I think it was twenty two. But the, here's the difference, though. Mickey was on a per appearance basis. Jordan Grace was full on signed. Well, isn't it? From what I heard, I think the whole thing, how it all went down. Was Hunter made the call on that one? From what yeah, I heard. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad because if they did not have Jordan Grace in there, then I hate to say it. I thought that then I thought that entire pay per view would have. I'm not saying Jordan Grace was the end all be all, but to have Jordan Grace be in the Rumble really show you know took that term forbidden door and kind of threw it out the window. Which, by the way, the the chief, the chief brand officer, Triple H, says that term is the stupidest thing they've ever heard. Oh, I completely agree. That I'll please say that's the only part I agree with from his from his part of the press conference. Mm, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh yes, we will. But then we had after the Rumble, in which oh, we forgot about someone else who, did, who actually made, finally appeared in the Rumble. Who? Jay Cargo. Which, do you know, actually, I thought at one point they were going to pull the trigger on her. It looked like they were. But I think I see a Mania match from that from that Rumble, and they were teasing it a little bit. Who? Oh. Remember how everyone was saying that, you know, for Jay to, you know, you know, showcase, you know, the, you know showcase, you know, her, her debut would be against Charlotte Flair? Charlotte's out. Yeah. So who's the next best? Who's the next best person in line? Not Natalia, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah, I I would go over that because I thought the route they were going to go was Jade versus Nia. They were choosing that a little bit. Yeah, but let's call a spade a spade here for a second. With how Nia sometimes gets looked at as being an unsafe worker. Mm-hmm. Do you really want her to work with your newest free agent sign-in like that? Nope. And I heard people say this, too. Mm-hmm. In the 10 minutes that Jade was out there, WWE put her, you know, WWE showcased her more than AEW did. Because the difference is WWE made her a star. AEW, I'm going to say this right now, she might as well have been the AEW version of Goldberg. That's what they were trying to do. It was, ooh, cool, she does three moves, and that's it. 
Let's keep a winning streak going. Yeah, great call, guys. The the Jade that we saw Saturday down in Tampa, I can get behind as a fan. The Jade that we saw in AEW, I could never get behind because I always felt like they they brought her out as a special attraction. Not to mention the reaction that Jay got when her when her Tron came on in you know in Tampa, which I didn't realize by the way that was her AEW theme. It really they changed it up a little bit. Yeah, but not by much though. Not by much, but you know. But um, no, like I, I thought the women's rumble was run smoothly. It was done right. I think the right person won in Bailey. Who came in at number three, by the way. I mean, we, we all know how, who that's going to set up. Oh, yeah. That's – and I love how they said, oh, we're going to announce it on Friday. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna laugh if all of a sudden it's, nope, we're going to go the route of Rhea. <laughs> but – Let's keep things moving here, because the other I want to get to the other two matches, the non-Rumble matches, and the first one I want to look at is the Fatal Four Way, which saw Roman Reigns take on AJ Styles, LA Knight. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I heard that from quite a few people. Here, here's my opinion about Roman and his title reign, because everyone's saying like, "Oh, it's a historic reign," but have you? But do you really watch his matches? Because I sure as hell do. They always say, like, oh, yeah, he goes about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. Yeah, because fucking 20, because fucking 15, 20 minutes is him just taunting in the five minutes just wrestling. That, that's, yeah, that's kind of the only way you can put it. But, um. I mean, come on. How many times do we see him do, like, a bonus? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is a tribal truth. Yeah. I'm like, just get on with it. But that's if unfortunate. I, if, I was, if I was an indie promoter, I would tell them, hey, listen, hurry up. Take it home. But that's that's Roman's matches. They were never like that though years ago. Because of his whole character change. Because in essence, what he's becoming. Do you remember the promo he cut on Monday Night Raw a number of years ago when he basically said that Brock is a part-timer? I said this to you. Yeah, you, you brought it up to me, and I, I thought about it. It's accurate. And here's the other thing also. You want you want to know why uh, the matches were slow? Because because look who was running WWE at that point. Someone who was slow. Exactly. But I thought that match honestly that match put me to sleep. They only won fifteen minutes. Yeah, but here's the thing: one, if you notice when Solo came out, right there, that it was like, okay, Roman's gonna win. You saw my reaction when Solo came out. I'm like, yes, it's almost the end. But, but no, like I said, with, with that match, and I said to you, uh, yes, last night, they should have switched that match with the Logan Paul match. Mm. Because, well, well, because, you know, they wanted, um, Roman to make his way up to the skybox. So they had, so they had to have a filler match. 
Well, what I didn't understand, I thought they did that also when I when they first announced that that match was gonna be second. I'm like, okay, they're doing this because Styles, Orton, or LA Knight, all three of them are gonna be in the Rumble. But you notice none of them were in the Rumble. I know. But so then we get to the Logan Paul match. What did you think of the Logan Paul match? So I kind of liked it, except for the ending. How so? Because <coughs> out of all this time, excuse me, because out of all this time that everyone that you know, whenever whenever you know shenanigans happens, <coughs> no one sees the uh, the foreign object. But now, apparently, you know, when this when this referee came on, you know, one, two, three. Wait a minute, are those brass knuckles? I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? He he found his eyesight. Apparently, this is the only, apparently he finally found his eyesight. Yeah, I think he's the only rep that ever ha- I ever saw that happen. <sighs> but like, you see, no, no, actually, it's only during Logan Paul's match where. Logan Paul gets away with it. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if it's because you know he supplies the referees with a lifetime supply of Prime. That's a good drink. It sucks. I've drank it before. I rest my case. Wow. But um, I agree. I thought the ending was kind of wonky to me. To me, it kind of just, you know, you had this whole match. It was going great, going great, going great. And then all of a sudden, it just fell flat. But then you had that feel-good moment at the end where uh, Kevin Owens powerbombs Logan Paul on the table. He stands over him, and then he goes, I need a cough drop. Yeah. No, that, that I agree with 100%. That I definitely... Definitely agree with. And oh, we forgot one more surprise that happened. What? Before the women's match even started. Who? Where someone where someone on commentary knew this time, but the other person didn't again. What happened? Matt McAfee? Yes. Oh my god. No, I agree. I was just reading. I was just looking at some of the comments. But um, actually, speaking about comments, let me pull them up quickly here. Got hey, a comment. Yeah, com- hey. Go ahead. Got a comment coming in from our friend David across the pond, saying, "Hey, John Ryan, I gotta say I love the Rumble winners decisions included, and I was on the edge of my seat when they teased the almost clash between Cargill." And Belair, awesome show. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, Shiana? I think her name is. I apologize if I butchered it. Said Kevin should have won and been champion. And David said best return of the night goes to Pat McAfee. Yeah. I would say not only the best mo- best return, I was also going to say the best moment when he did the Drew Carey spot in the Rumble. I've wanted to do that spot in Rumbles for a long time. 
Well, we talked to the right promoter. Who knows? I don't know. Well, I, I, I was going to say, if also you go into the ring, you see somebody like Almost and Braun Breaker sitting there, wouldn't you do the same thing? Yeah. I definitely would. I would sit there also. If I walked in the ring and I'm seeing Almost and Braun Breaker, first of all, if I see Almost, I'm probably crapping myself. You're kidding me? You're, you're kidding me? You'd do the same reaction if you saw Hornswoggle or El Torito. No, they're my height. Not by much. But, um... So then we had the main event. The Men's Wear Rumble. <laughs> Started off great with uh, Jay and then Jimmy. I actually like that. But then it kind of went downhill for me after that. I like the fourth entrant. I don't remember who's the fourth entrant. El Idaro. Yes. And I didn't recognize it at first until you pointed it out. Oh, because, you know, I was actually watching the pay-per-view, not on my phone. I was checking something on Twitter. Sure you were. I, I'm a Twitter guy. No, you're you're a phonaholic. But I have to say to know what's going on. So you want to so you so you can be a wannabe journalist like Sean Ross Sapp and Dave Meltzer? Okay, I see how it is. I mean you're, I mean you're starting to build their ego like them too. I'm just saying, dude. I don't have an ego, dude. <clears throat> we talked about this. David oh. said Oh, I oh I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I would laugh, I would laugh hysterically on that one. Oh yeah. I would I wouldn't crap myself. I'd be sitting there going, okay. I, I would try so hard not to break character on that one. Yeah. But uh but let's keep things moving here because like I said, folks, we got a lot to get to. Now the ending with the rumble. Do you think that came off more as a singles match? And then and the other thing also, was it just me? I mean, yeah, obviously we knew that Punk got, you know, got injured afterwards. But did it seem to you like Punk seemed very gassed, very like out of breath? Yeah. Well, actually, I want to say gassed. I think he was more, especially after, uh, especially after you know, torn his tricep, torn his uh, what was it, bicep or tricep? Tricep. Tricep. I think he was trying so hard to fight through the pain, so that's why he seemed a little "quote unquote" gassed. Yeah, that, I, that he was, was holding back. He was holding back the pain. Well, and we'll get into Monday Night Raw in a bit again before Chris Envy joins us at the bottom of the hour here, and then of course, like I said, Pete Rosado joins us at the bottom of hour number two. But um, like I said, I like what they did with the ending because. Rhodes also made history, becoming mm -hmm. only the fourth wrestler in the since the inception of the Rumble to win back-to-back -back years. And also, it's the first time in 26 years that we've had a winner go back-to-back. -back. Do you know who the other three are? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um... Obviously, the last one was Stone Cold. Yep. Hogan. 
I'm like running through in my head, like you know what the winners were year by year. Um, crap! I have no idea. Um, I th- I'm just double checking right now. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm gonna double check right now. I think it was either Sean or it was Brett. But I'm just looking right now. <coughs> oh no, I think it was I think it was Sean. I think it was him. Well, I'm, I'm just taking a look here right now. Hogan. I'm trying to see here. Hold on, now I'm confused here. Oh, I'm trying to see something here. Just bear with me one second here. Yep, Hogan was 90-91. And, yep, Sean. Oh, okay. 95 and 96. Oh, okay. Wow, do you realize we went through, just listen, just hear this out for a second. We went through a stretch from 95 to 98. Where the two winners of the Rumble were Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really makes you think of how of how uh, predictable it was back in the day. Yeah, because Shawn uh, Shawn won it in <coughs> uh, in '95 and '96, and Steve Austin won it in '97, '98. And then one. What happened? Then he won it again in 2001. Mm. I'm just looking here quickly. And then. Yeah, that's the last. He was. He's the last one to be a multi. um, A multi winner, so to speak. Multi time winner. But. I thought overall, like I said, I'm glad. I'm glad Cody won, and I like the end in what they did in regards to Cody basically calling Roman out right there and then. After after pointing at the WrestleMania sign, yeah, which I did like that. And actually, the funny thing is, our thumbnail before I picked this one <coughs> was actually going to be the photo that somebody took of him pointed at the Mania side, but pointed at Roman saying, you're mine in Philly. Well, let, that's, this will now segue into last night on Raw because... After what transpired, things can change. Yeah, that's an understatement. First of all, first of all, um, CM Punk is out for Mania. Let me ask you this, because I had a few people ask me this. Do you think that's legit? Knowing his age, yeah. Because the other said that, or because they did the whole angle with Drew last night. Was that WWE's way of writing, uh, writing Punk off? Yeah, I think so. 
Because if you notice in that promo, he did say, when I do come back, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. So I had there was one theory I heard, which could be an interesting one. What? Somehow Drew wins the title towards the end of this year. The world that is if he resigns. Yeah, of course, this is based off of all if he, if he resigns. Wins the title. Punk wins the Rumble next year. We get Punk McIntyre at uh, Mania. Well, we'll see what happens. Let's 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 get past eight, let's get past forty first. Yeah, or as I call it, injury bug mania. But um, no, you look at what you know, uh, you know. But uh, what'd you think of McIntyre's promo? He's gotten better and better on the microphone as of late. Yeah, I I, I thought his freaking promo was savage as hell. Yeah. But I loved every second of it. But speaking of speaking of promos, another one happened last night which really got me intrigued. You talking about Rollins? Uh-huh. What'd you think of his promo? I love the fact that he calls the Universal title the Hulk Hogan title and his title the Dusty Rhodes title. Hey, it's true. Uh, no, absolutely. I also think it's funny that they, were in ta- that they were in Tampa, Florida, home of Hulk Hogan. I thought that was freaking hilarious. Well, what you bring that up, uh, you bring that up, and that brings up an interesting thing. We're in Hogan country. Yeah. And the only match we got of him was in the call, was in the open. Well, he actually was also there uh, Saturday night in one of the suites. Oh, he was oh, okay. He was there. They just they just never acknowledged him. And also, um, there was a nice little change up on both Raw and SmackDown. Um, in the as our good as good friend Shane Ferris say, the commentation station. Hi, Shane. Hi, Shane. Um, on Raw. The new the new commentary team is Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. And for SmackDown, it is confirmed that it's gonna be Corey Graves and Wade Barrett. I like I'm curious to see with that. Who takes the commentary? I think Barrett. Uh, actually, maybe, no. maybe Graves. I read that supposedly they're gonna be grooming Graves. I think so. Because I see Barrett more as the uh, the 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 color commentator. Well, they they had to, especially with how freaking bad Kevin Patrick. I bet Seamus's twin brother was. Uh, Who it was announced he did get released last week. Yeah, which is a shame too. They could have put him in somewhere else because he was great backstage. Yeah, that I agree with. You know, it's some some people are very good at being backstage people, and that's really their forte. I'm just saying. And actually, I want to call something out right now. Uh-oh. Because I saw this on the press conference after Mania, and looking back at Raw now, I'm saying this right now. You notice the guy in the green shirt that's in the front row? Yeah. 
You know that he was there for the press conference? He shouldn't be allowed to do that because if he's in the if he's in the front row camera side, then I'm sorry he should not be allowed doing the press conference because that right there proves he's nothing more than a mark. He's a plant. People people still said it for a while. They think he's a plant. I don't know honestly because nobody has that much PTO time unless you work from home. Yeah, but even that though, consistent from remote. He, I, 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 has he? I feel like he's like he's always at Raw. I don't think he's ever at SmackDown though. Nope. But um, heh, well, let's finish, well actually before we get more into Monday Night Raw, I want to dive into that press conference because. First of all, I do want to shout out friend of the show, Chris Nunez, who did get on camera to ask Cody Rhodes a question. So congratulations to Chris. But I did love... <laughs> we got some more comments coming here, so let me pull up these comments quickly. Uh, Lance, host of the Metal Geek show, which he'll also be down in Billy with us says, what's going on, guys? What's up, Lance? Uh, Billy chimes in here and says, sup, guys. Don't crap on KP, but oh, my God, welcome back, Pat Mack. <laughs> We're not crapping on Kevin Patrick. At least I'm not. I I don't crap on people like that. You called him Seamus's brother. Because he looks like Seamus's brother. What are you trying to say? Irish people look alike? Okay, you thought for a while. I, people thought for a while I looked like freaking Hornswoggle. Who the hell said that? People at work. Well, yeah, because you're short. Really? Yes, dwarfism. And I guess that would make you Andre the Giant then. You're damn right. No, I'm Johnny Gonzalez. No, no. You're more athletic than Johnny Gonzalez. True. But I want to get into that press conference, though. <laughs> and, first, of all, first of all, it seemed quick. Well, because realistically, what were they going to do? They were going to have Logan Paul answer questions? Maybe. I don't think so. And the, what I want to focus on with that press conference is Triple H. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, we did that live video last week in regards to what happened to Vince. And what did you think about Hunter's response to the questions about Vince? Very professional. I love it. Really? Because I'm get, I heard I read mixed reviews about it on social media. How do you figure? Some people hated it because they felt like he was just brushing off the whole thing. Well, yeah, because just like just like Cody said, everybody everybody was finding out the day the article came out. Nobody knew about it, even even him. Yeah, but, what, but my thing is this. But stuff. also, also he had a show to run. So you expect him to just drop everything just to read the lawsuit to read the lawsuit? Forget that one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year is running. 
especially him as the chief brand officer, someone who's trying, someone who's trying to rebuild WWE from the you know the darkest days that it has been for the last oh I don't know five six years, even before pandemic, especially especially with this past week with the with the uh, the massive amount of stuff they did. First of all, bringing in The Rock on the on the board of directors and having that massive Netflix five billion dollar deal. But you want but you want all of it to go, you want all of it to be foreshadowed by his idiotic father-in-law and and the rest of his stupid stooges over over his, over their immature childish like antics. Disgusting antics. No. I don't care what anyone says if they don't if they, you know. If they don't like it, try to brush it off. Yeah, because you know it's supposed to be a positive weekend, especially with the Netflix deal and everything. It's a huge. It's supposed to be a celebration moment, and all everyone is caring caring about at that moment was the lawsuit, 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 which right there proves that they really don't care about the WWE product unless something negative happens. That is my take on the whole thing. Coming from a business perspective, he's trying to do everything that he can to make sure the brand is still alive. Because when Triple H took over, WWE stock has gotten a hell of a lot better, and also and also with you know the the quality of the product that they had. Because we all know for a long time WWE has been in the you know what's, have been in the toilets with their product and quality. But when he took over, first of all with NXT taking a small. Taking a small uh, developmental territory down in Florida and turning it into a and turning it into a third brand that everyone their mothers either wanted to watch, be there live, or actually be there to perform. And then you have, and then he built, and then and then you know him and his team created the WWE Performance Center, which again is another awesome training facility from from what I've been hearing. And now, as of late, you have. <clears throat> Especially as of late, I think after Mania twenty two. I mean, no, no, Mania twenty two. Mania, whatever the one in two thousand twenty two, the one in Dallas, the one that had Roman and Brock main event. Ever Early. since, thank you. Ever since then, the stock has gotten a hell of a lot better because, first of all, they brought in Cody Rhodes, someone who was someone who literally became a bigger star for themselves for themselves after being after being you know fired or I'm sorry released from WWE seven eight years ago. Going off, doing the independent scene, making AEW, and then leaving AEW due to some childish antic bullshit, to coming to WWE with massive open arms and literally sales going right through the roof of not only merchandise, ticket sales, I think even Peacock's even Peacock subscriptions went through the roof. So again, as of late, WWE is and now and now in 2023. They started doing international live events, not only not just house shows, but like live, like SmackDowns, Raws, and going back to that, and even doing live premium live events. Last May, they finally they did a premium live event in Puerto Rico, highly successful. This year, they this year, their next one is Perth, Australia, with the Elimination Chamber. Then you got Mania, and then you got France with Backlash. And then I think uh, they're going back to Saudi Arabia, I think, in June or something like that. But then you got Toronto with Money in the Bank. Then you got Bash in Berlin in August. So, yeah, I would be celebrating and thinking about the positive going forward because of and not because and not worry about a freaking lawsuit over over 
over something that also, quite honestly, had nothing to do with Triple H in the first place. Again, as a brand officer, I know I'm on a rant right now, but this is where this is. I've obviously I've had some time to think about this. As a brand officer, you are protecting your brand. Lately, WWE has been run by Triple H, someone who, someone who, Lily, we all saw grow up in front of our eyes on our TV screens and on our TV screens through the WWF WWE system. He's always been a WWE guy and obviously will always be a WWE guy. He loves this business and he's doing everything that he can to try to make WWE what it once was. I mean, I mean he didn't have I mean he didn't have to reach out to other to outside companies to try to bring in people for the Rumble. They didn't he didn't they didn't ha- he didn't have to do that, but he wanted to. That's why he got the TNA Knockouts Champion Jordan Grace, who I think was in there for at least over 20 minutes. And actually had a great showing on there. But because, you know, journalists, and I say that term very loosely, asking about the lawsuit over a, I mean, after after literally just completing a successful rumble with a sold-out, brand-new attendance record for the Tropicana Dome, a place that they have called home for a year and a half by the Thunderdome, where them having over 48,000 people... And you want him to forget about that and talk about the impending lawsuit that happened? You out of your goddamn minds. Feel better? We'll see what happens. Okay. I partially disagree with what you said. And I say that for this reason. I agree on the fact of, you know, you want to focus on the positive stuff. You had a successful week. All that stuff. That I agree with 100%. But the reports came out on Thursday. Okay? Yeah, I think it was. It it was Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, it was Thursday. So you had Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday. Thursday and Friday, because I don't count Saturday, because Saturday was show day. And Friday technically was show day, too, with SmackDown. What I would have done differently if it was me... If I was Hunter, the first thing I would have come out and said before anything else is, or somebody would have asked, like, you know, John Alba or Sean Rossap would have asked about it. I would have turned around and said, you know what? Can't answer that right now due to the ongoing pending investigation. Because I felt like the way he answered it, I felt like he was brushing it off almost. Well, the reason why is because, honestly, nobody knew what the hell was going on. Everyone was sideswiped by this. You think you think that you think Triple H knew ahead of time about this lawsuit? Absolutely not. He found out just as everybody else. Even Cody said it best. He found out just as everybody else did on Thursday when the Wall Street Journal decided to post that, decided to publish that article, and that's why on Friday, that's when TKO made a public statement saying that Vince is officially gone. Now, I know what you're going to say. Is he gone, gone like last time? No, he's absolutely gone. And from what I'm hearing also, because TKO actually made this announcement on Saturday morning, I believe, uh, they are clean. They are cleaning house with anything involving uh, Vince. So any of his stooges, which I think, you know, I think John Laronitis is still there, and also potentially Bruce Pritchard, you know, people that he brought back, will be gone. And a lot of people are saying, you know, 
Oh, what about Triple H? He's a Vince guy. No, he's not. Because truth be told, Vince never liked Triple H at all. He never did. The only reason why he tolerated him was because he married his daughter, Stephanie. He worked his way up in the company. Exactly. But that's what I would have done. Is I would have sat there and just said, hey, can't answer that due to the ongoing pending investigation. But if you say but if you say that, but if he says that, it makes him look bad. No. Because he's protecting himself. That's what it is. He's protecting he's protect he's protecting himself and himself only. Whereas yeah. if he says he wants to focus on the positive right now, he's talking about the brand as a whole. You know, brand brand as a whole. Because if he said, you know, do the ongoing investigation, that means that he's just covering his own ass. And that's not a good look. But not only that, he won't only be covering himself. He'd be covering, he protecting the company's ass too. Not what he says, pending investigation. No. Because that's what this is. This is a pending investigation. It, it, it is, but at the same time, legally, they really can't say anything. Even if they say that, it looks guilty as hell. Yeah, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying that for them to look guilty. What I'm just saying is, you say the one statement, you put out a blanket statement, and that's it. But as I said, as I just said, John, if you actually paid attention, everyone else was sideswiped about this lawsuit. Everybody had zero clue about this. And now, and now, like I think it was 24 hours later after the whole lawsuit came out, the story of what really happened between Vince and Shane from 2009-2010 came out. And I think all and I think also kind of apropos that since Vince left, Stephanie came back, which really shows that you know the McMahon family isn't really a big happy family as everyone assumes they are. I get what you're saying. Do you though? Yes. No, no, honestly, do you? Because you're sounding like every other wannabe journalist out there, John Alba, John Alba, Sean Ross Sapp, Dave Meltzer. You think you know it all, but you're looking at it from one perspective. You're not looking at it from a full perspective. Okay, first of all, I never sit here and say that I'm a journalist, first of all. But when you're protecting your brand and you're protecting your public image, and first of all, also, when you said before that, that they didn't know, how come all of a sudden there was reports that came out that I think around the time when Stephanie left, and I could be wrong on this, but I could have sworn I read something saying that, you know, there's going to be more stuff coming out. Then all of a sudden, Stephanie left. Yeah, because there's probably other stuff that there's probably other stuff, but not this. I want to ask, you know, the people who are watching, leave your comments below. Let us know what you think. Do you think, do you like how Triple H answered the questions in the press conference? Or do you not? Let us know in the comments below. We should be joined in about a couple minutes or so from Chris Envy, owner and promoter of We Are Dynasty. Oh, the Dynasty. Why did you say We Are? I don't know. And the Dynasty is they present their next show. It was all a dream. Happened February 17th, live from Empire Live. There is a slew of talent already announced, including Brother Jonas, Taylor One Shot. Uh, Wrecking Ball Ligurski is going to be there. Uh, AEW Ring of Honor superstar uh, Jay Lethal is going to be in action. Joey Conway is going to be in action. A whole slew of talent. And guys, you're not going to want to miss it. 
I is at the same place where they did their first show back in October. Empire Live. Yep. And I personally thought it was a very intriguing venue, to say the least. Because it came off like a movie set to me. And one other thing I want to just touch on quickly. And, uh, and also, boy, I do feel better after, after letting all that out. I do feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, Ryan, you know that one of the other schools that we're a part of is UWA, Upstate Wrestling Entertainment. More you than me, but sure. The podcast. More you than me. Yes. Uh, they debuted their episode today. And I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing yet. Uh, all I know is I saw some pictures from backstage and it, um, I looked kind of, uh, interesting to say the least. It was weird seeing myself as a, um, it was weird seeing myself in a backstage role, so to speak. Hold on one second. Just, Ryan, keep talking for a second. I just want to see what happened here. Give me one second. With what? Uh, talk about... Um, no, no, happened with what? Uh, the first guest. Oh, are they okay? I'm about to find out. Just okay. talk. Yeah, I'm going to hop off here for a second. Okay. Well, folks, uh, while he gets that situated, um, I, said, I said my statement about the whole thing with uh, Triple H's comment at the press conference. And obviously you heard uh, my co-host John say that he, uh, you know, he, you know, kind of disagrees. Listen, some people think other. I'm just stating my opinion. I'm allowed to do that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Tw- I'm not gonna have my arm twisted and change my mind on everything. Uh, oh, hey, what's up, Mike? How are you? Um, not not much. Just we're just we were literally just talking about the whole thing with the press conference. Um. But I like the fact that, you know, they only brought in Bailey, Cody, and Triple H. Again, very, very quick conference, press conference. And um, and as uh, John is trying to figure... Okay. John, if you're in there, he just said... In, I think he just said in there, uh, OMW, in other words, on my way. So I think our guest is coming in... Uh, soon, which by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, in a little bit, we'll be joined by owner of the dynasty, which is the pro wrestling company in Albany, New York, and that is Chris Envy. Uh, what did I think of the Rumble? Uh, honestly, if I had to give it out of uh, five stars, I would give it maybe three stars out of five, uh, with in no particular order. The universal title being the worst match, followed by the, um, by the U. I would say I would say by the U.S. title match, and then the men's rumble, and then the women's rumble. But that was it. Mike Mike was at Michael was asking uh, my opinion about the rumble. Uh, I would agree, um, as well with what you gave it uh, about three stars. I thought. Uh, we have some more comments coming in here. I just want to pull up on the Facebook group because of the fact we don't get the comments. 
we don't get the names up here, so I have to see who's commented. Oh, uh, Merck said he honestly didn't like the Rumble. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Like I said, I, if they, I think it's also the building too, because first of all, you're in Tampa, Florida. The crowd is really not that hot down there. No, but I think also I did, and you know, it's funny. Busted Open was talking about this. The men's Rumble didn't have a lot of, and this is weird how it happened. They didn't have a lot of surprise, a lot of surprises. Because they already have a jam-packed locker room. But they filled it, they kind of furthered storylines. Mm-hmm. Which I found interesting because we were talking about this on on Saturday. Lashley was in the ring. He got eliminated by Karrion Cross. All of a sudden, who comes out? Authors of Pain and the Street Profits. So final, I look at the Final Testament. Final Testament, sorry, my bad. I, you don't want to piss them off because Authors of Pain can uh, twist you like a pretzel. So can Cross. Yeah. Except, did you notice, by the way, when he was in the Rumble, he looked like old CM Punk? Yep. I, with the red tights and everything, I'm looking, I'm going, CM Punk from ECW is back? And the hair. Well, that's what gave it away was the hair. Carrying Cross looked like a human chia pet. Um, hold on. What did? What the hell did he say? It was it was best rumble I ever slept through. Are you talking about the men's or the women's, Michael? Because if it was the men's, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, the women's. Like I said, the women were more were good because they you got surprises. And also Chelsea Green breaking her record from last year. Oh, I feel so I, I no, the comment I like was when she was in the corner and you hear Pat McAfee on commentary go, Yes, breakfast at Birdies is happening in the corner right now. Oh my no weekend at Birdies. Weekend at Birdies, yeah. God. I'm sorry. Can we get Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, and Michael Cole for commentary for all premium live events going forward? I think that was the best trio I have ever heard. Yes. Uh, oh, he asked, do you think Cody needs to beat Roman to finish his story? You know what's Brian, funny? You go first on this one. You know what's funny? He never really specified who he, especially originally, he never specified who he wanted, who he had to beat for the title. Yeah, yeah. He, he never really specified. The only reason why he said Roman was because Roman was the only champion on, well, world champion. But that was before, and that was before they brought in, you know, this WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So now, could he finish the story on uh, Seth freaking Rollins, and then have, and then have the uh, the highly, the highly rumored uh, Roman Rocket Ma- uh, Mania? I mean, they could still go that route. I just look at it. I mean, they it. can now. Yeah, unfortunately, they kind of put themselves in that position now. But oh. I just think if you do that route, I almost feel like it's the consolation prize almost. You build them up, and I say that for this reason. You do the match last year at 39. Roman wins. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is the reason why he, they're so gung-ho on Cody Roman is this reason. Look at how that match ended at Mania last year. We saw the Usos and Solo Sokoa interfere. 
So it wasn't, so to speak, that Cody lost to the better man. It's Roman won because he had help from the bloodline. So I think looking at it now, almost a year later, I think if you do, if you don't do Cody and Roman, you might as well turn around and say, okay, this is the consolation prize. Because I, I feel like we've done Cody and Seth already. We have. They have we had that uh that trio of matches, especially where where basically Cody beat him. Cody beat him with a freaking torn peck. Yeah. Uh Mike, we're both uh from Long Island. And yes, Chris Envy will be our guest. He should be joining us in about 15 minutes ish. Oh, he's running low lane. Okay. Yeah. Ish. <clears throat> but that's my thing, though, is I think going into media, I think you got to do Cody and Roman. Well, if that's the case, then they should start building. Then they need to start building up now. Oh, they'll build it up in time. But here's the thing, though. I don't think you really have to build up because the story is there. And also, realistically, let's call a spade a spade here. <clears throat> if, like I said, you don't do, but I know somebody brought up a great point. I was listening to one of the uh, local state, uh, Busted Open, actually. What about doing a triple threat? Who would be the third person, then? Rock. Then that, that also defeats, then that also defeats the purpose. It should be, it should be one-on-one, -on -one, then. If you really uh, want to go that route, why not do Rock and Solo? Or Rockins, or mm. I'll tell you right now, if Rock is if if we're seeing Rock in Philly, I don't think it's gonna be anything less than a main event spot. And we saw it with the women uh, when they announced the women. They said, you know, the winner will main event WrestleMania. So, so who's to say that the women don't main event night one, which means that. That basically lines it in with Cody and uh, Roman for night two. Because I know they were saying, oh, well, what about, you know, Gunther and Seth? I don't think we're getting Gunther. As much as I'd love to see Gunther in that spot <coughs> to walk out of Mania double champ. So, but here's the thing, though. Who who would you have uh, Seth face at Mania then? That's the real question. Because realistically, I don't think there's really any but. Because I think also from what there's from what I'm seeing, they're teasing Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn. I'm calling it right now, and I think that one's gonna be a Philly street fight. Or why not a triple? Why I'm gonna go back to the triple threat thing again? What is it with you and triple threats, dude? It's easy booking. It's called lazy. Or lazy booking. I, but from what I'm seeing, I think it's going to be Sammy and uh, McIntyre at Mania. I mean, at uh, Mania, the Philly Street Fight. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm fantasy booking Mania right now. I'm doing this. 
I think I think what we I think what we are seeing gonna see it's Bailey and Eos and Eos guy for the SmackDown Women's title. Yeah, it's somehow gonna be Rhea and Becky for the Raw Women's title. Uh if you really want to go, oh god, that, if they really want to try to pull pull this route, you can go one or two ways: L.A. Knight versus AJ Styles, or L.A. Knight versus. Logan Paul, which that's been teased for a while for the U.S. title. Yeah. Um, after what transpired last night, um, how about the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus a reuniting Awesome Truth and our Truth and the Miz, and somehow and then somehow have Awesome Truth actually win? Because also so- don't forget, because also don't forget they have, don't forget also they are teasing they are teasing uh. Damian Priest with the uh, the money in the bank cash in and also teasing him as a face. So almost so what you're saying with Awesome Truth, almost similar to what they did at 35 with um Cardona and Myers. Yeah. Run it back. It I could see that. Um you can do you can do either, you know, Seth. I mean, if they really want to pull the trigger on this one, Seth, Seth and Gunther title for title. Actually, you know, no, you can do Gunther and Seth for the, yeah, Gunther and Seth for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Priest is going to pull a Seth Rollins and cash in, and cash in on him. Make it a triple threat. He pins Rollins, not pinning Gunther to not make him look weak. It's also by also by then, I think he's st- I think he's still going to be uh, Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, well, yeah, and he then, would be because he can't be at uh, the Chamber. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, he can't be the Chamber due to uh, visa issues. Yeah, damn Australians. And um, you know, he 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 cashes in on Rollins. I mean, he cashes, he cashes it in at Mania, getting his WrestleMania moment. He's the one that's pinning Rollins, making that making Gunther not look weak. And then out, and then out comes uh, Monday on Raw. And then it comes, they come Monday night on Raw. You know, he's celebrating and whatnot. Then all of us after after losing the tag titles, I gotta mention that too, because I think I think they're gonna do the tag titles on night one. I think I think in my opinion. They're gonna start off hot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> where was I going with this shit? They're gonna start off with the tag titles, you know. Start off on a high moment with you know awesome truth winning. Then later on in the night, maybe semi main event before the, before uh, the main event. You know the world heavyweight title match. Um, and then and then come Monday on Raw. You know, with you know, here comes Judgment Day because also I have a feeling Rhea Ripley is losing the title to Becky, and that and now and now it will seem like ev- like everyone else in Judgment Day does not have titles except for Damian Priest, which causes which is which causes a lot of tension, and potentially the start of Damian Priest's uh, face turn, and have hit, and have him go and fe- have him go and feuds, go into a nice little title feud with with uh, Finn Balor. Because that way, because Finn can also pull the line, going, you know, I made you, I made you, I made you. But then Priest saying, you know what, you didn't make me. Like have him basically just, you know, tr- you know, shit on Judgment Day, saying, you know, 
this is the briefcase I won, and you were telling me, and you were telling me when to cash in and whatnot. That that's how they're gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna attempt to cash in, but then out comes the judgment day saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't cash in! Don't cash in!" He disobeys them. He does it, and he wins the title, which makes the rest of Judgment Day, you know, pissed. And again, start and then start the uh, the slow face turn, because the next pay per view of Backlash, it'll be a six man tag match, as Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and JD Madonna versus the new tag team champions, Awesome Truth, and the new world heavyweight champion, Damian Priest. Interesting. Are you questioning or oh no 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 definitely interesting and then for and then for uh yes mark we'll get into that later on we'll get to that later on um and then for the IC title I think they're gonna you can go one or you can you can probably do one or two things with this have Gunther come out on Raw and, you know, say that he is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, blah, blah, blah. Um, greatest champion of all time. And, you know, he's, you know, I'm in a generous good mood. I'm going to issue an icy open challenge. And it's going to be someone who's either returning or debuting. And I think that's what, and I think that's when you'll get the biggest, uh, biggest reaction of him losing the IC title, the Monday after Mania, which then right there, you can start building him to become a potential number one contender for when they do bash in Berlin four months later in August. I got another name of somebody who I could see possibly taking that IC title. There's a bunch of names I can throw throwing out there. Yeah, but here's one that nobody's even thinking of. Hmm. And the storyline is right there. What? Kaiser. Yeah. I've kind of noticed that as like. And the storyline could be this. You can have, you know, Gunther go, you know, he's been on this historic run, this, that, another thing. And Kaiser turns around and goes, you know, I've had your back. You know, I've almost essentially, I don't know if it would make. Gunther turned face because you know, w, well, I would say WWE, you know, once you're European, you're automatically a heel. Mm. Hold on, <laughs> actually, no, Merv, I don't know if that will work. No, here's what I'm saying Ludwig, though, Ludwig could turn around and go, Oh, you know, since I've been here, I've always been in your shadows, but you know, if you want to make him a real heel, almost have him. Do a modern day version of the Lex Luger narcissist gimmick. I think I have the person that that you know can uh, he can drop the title to. Who? Actually, two people if they really want. I'm kind of joining you with the Chad Gable thing, but I have another name. Who? He just returned on Saturday and just officially signed with Raw. How about Andrade? Yeah. I can see that. I can but definitely, I definitely see that. What do you think about Kaiser, though? No, that's it. Kaiser can screw, Kaiser screws over Gunther during the title match, costing him the title. 
but then you can play it off because then you notice how okay. WWE doesn't have like that it couple that's a massive heel. Yeah. Here's your opportunity right here. Kaiser, Tiffany Stratton. Well, I mean, technically they have a quote-unquote heel couple, but they're not really a couple. It's Dominic and Rhea. No, I think if you put, if you play it off with Tiffany and Ludwig, you can get more heat for them than what Dominic and Rhea have. True. Because you can play it off that, you know, you can have Tiffany turn around and go, oh, you know, all you sweat hogs, you know, here's my man, you know, built that, you know, chiseled out of gold, you know, really play it off to the point where he's almost getting the Dom treatment of <coughs> he gets booed the second he starts talking. And with him, we've seen it before. He's good on the microphone. Oh, no, he is. And I think at this point, realistically, you know, Imperium has had a great run. Don't get me wrong. But I would love to see Kaiser go on his own. I think eventually the bonus because also where the hell is uh Vinci? He's stuck in catering. Okay. No, I think he honestly I think he's coming off an injury. But I don't I like I said, give me a a, a mega heel, Kaiser. And someone of a stone oh someone of a stole cold tween or uh Gunter. Yeah. And then you could play it off like, you know, oh, before he walks into the ring, Tiffany get like really play off him being a me- play off with him like he has an incredibly massive ego. But uh what what do you think of my uh my mania fantasy booking? I like it. And at some point before we get to mania, we're gonna actually do part we're going to do our second annual predictions video. Oh yes. Once the card is, you know, fully yep. in store. Yep. And like I said, folks, that will be happening <coughs> rather soon. In a couple of months. Yeah. But I just to me, I mean now here comes the next question with punk. I know Punk's not going to be a mania because that was well established last night. Mm-hmm. We see Punk come back at SummerSlam. Dep- depends on how long the uh, depends how long the recovery process is because they also made a point. This is his third injury in fifteen months. Yeah, I forgot about that part. He he's very injury prone. Yeah. I just want to see. Because first of all, first of all, you had the broken heel with uh, the broken heel when he stupidly jumped out into the crowd at AEW after winning the title. After winning the title, um, and then you had the, um, I think it was the foot. I think. Yeah. And now the tricep. Like, good lord. I will say this also. What I actually do like about uh, w- about uh, WWE's Production. I mean, production. I don't know if you caught this. I mean, I, I know I did. But you notice how, like, during the Rumble, they had, like, the little timers on the corner? For, like, yes, the- I like that. 
And also, when it came to when it comes to you know the the lower th the lower graphics for each person, there's like little snippets like notes on there. Like say for example, like last night they had uh, Zoe Stark and Shannon Baszler come in, and the little gra and the little side note on there says, <clears throat> uh, "Defeated Candice LeRae." I think. Hold on, crap. What did it say? Uh, it said, "Oh, defeated Candice and in Indy last week." Like little snippets. Little snippets like that. I liked. Well, I popped one for Randy. It said "20-time champion." <laughs> yeah. And I sat there. I'm like, I'm like, when did he become a 20-time champion? He, they probably combined all the titles together. <laughs> yeah. But um. But I like. I also like the fact that production is making it more sport-like. Well, because what's his face? Uh. Buck to buck, buck tooth boy ain't there anymore. Dun 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 dun. Or dun 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 dun. Um, and I was looking by the way, uh, they haven't announced SummerSlam yet, but according to reports, the likely city for SummerSlam, you're gonna laugh at this one. According to reports, mind you, we got Chamber is in Feb is in a couple weeks in Australia. Crikey. Oh, uh, and also, also, I forgot to mention there was a there was a return last night on Raw. Mm -hmm. Chelsea Green's intro by Samantha Irvine. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. They they brought it back because everyone complained, going, "Oh, I hated it," <laughs> but I but I but we all loved it. Um. So, like I said, we got Chamber in uh or Australia. We have Mania in Philly. We got Backlash in France. I just read they're not doing as of now. If I'm reading this right, they're not doing a pay-per-view in June. Yeah, because isn't the first weekend of July uh Money in the Bank in Toronto? So then when the hell are they gonna be doing SummerSlam? End of July? That's the only thing I'm thinking. Because you have because... Bash in Berlin because you got Bash in Berlin in uh end of August. Yeah, so maybe the end of July. Now, where is said location? How about Cleveland, Ohio? Well, um, depends on where in Cleveland, though. Either at the football stadium or no, no wait, it has to be the football stadium because they can't do it at a Progressive Field. No, not in the summer. Unless, um, unless, unless somehow they find a week that the Indians are not home all week. How about we have some breaking news? In terms of? Where Okada's going to be going. Who reported it first? Pro Wrestling Tees. So, let me guess. AEW? No, well, hold on. They were, they were saying how... <coughs> One of the guys who works for Pro Wrestling Tees put a thing out saying, I was just told to remove all Okada merchandise. That could be for that could be for either AEW. AEW wrestlers have a, a Pro Wrestling Tees store. Not if they're big names like them. I think we're seeing, I honestly, 
I think that's confirmation we're getting him in uh, WWE. So, I really think we're getting him in WWE. Okay, interesting. I guess time oh. will tell on that one. So watch, watch the day of uh, the day of NXT ta- NXT Takeover in Philly. Are they going to do the shot of him just sitting in the crowd? Oh, without a doubt. He'll be sitting there going, "The fuck am I doing here? I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big leaguer. Why am I in the minor leagues?" No, honestly, I think if that was the case, I would say probably have him go to NXT is a good start. I know some people might think otherwise because of his name value went up, but he's never really dealt with uh, WWE pro with how WWE does productions and whatnot. So I think him doing NXT would be a great start for him. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. But guys, if you're watching, let us know where do you think Okada should end up if he is if if what we're reading is correct that he is WWE back. Do you start him off in NXT or do you shoot him right up to the main roster? But if you shoot him up on the main roster, you already have an oversaturated roster already. And the thing also, you know, damn well if he goes to WWE, if he goes to WWE, they're not going to change his name. Now, they've been kind of more lenient about that. Yeah, Mark agrees with you, NXT. It makes sense. It's the it's the most logical that way, choice. That way, that way he can get more familiarized with the WWE system. Yeah, exactly. But um, let's dive in now. Obviously, we're waiting for Chris Envy to join us. <laughs> WWE forgot to mention this. This Sunday on Peacock, NXT presents their premium live event, Vengeance Day. On that, on that, what's up? You want me to pull the card up quickly? Sure. Let's let's get through that quickly because we're on the topic of WWE right now. But Cleveland, Ohio for SummerSlam. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it just seems very odd that all of a sudden it's, oh, we're going to be in France. We're going to be in Germany, Cleveland. Well, I think I know why, too. Miz. And? Johnny Gargano. And? Who else? Oh, your idol, the one that loves Prime. Oh yeah, Logan Paul. Hello. And his and his his energy drink is good. Yes, his energy drink is for is for douchebags. Case in point. Yeah, here's the thing though. When I drink it, I'm not odd. I'm Prime. Just look up the freaking card for take for Vengeance Day. Bad dad joke. Very bad. All right. So we got first coming up in the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, where the winner will receive, obviously, a shot at the tag team titles. Which will, which will, which will happen at NXT TakeOver Philly. I'm calling it right now because that's usually we, how it is. We have one team of Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, or as I like to call them, the Wolf Dogs. I actually kind of like the name. Take it on the team of Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Oh, so it is confirmed. It is them. Yep. Because I know. Because I know they had the semi. I know they had that other match tonight. But now it's it confirmed. Have, yeah, it was confirmed. That's gonna be interesting, especially with the story of uh, Carmelo and Trick. 
Yeah, but on the flip side, you got Braun supposedly being called up. True, but also you have Carmelo Hayes, who technically is called up. So who do you see winning? Well, here's the thing: it's only it's only a te- it's only a tag shot tag title match. Yeah, I see Lone Wolves winning because Lone Wolves winning because don't forget also Trick Williams is pulling double duty because he's facing off against Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship later on that night, which I have a feeling we're going to see Carmelo Hayes screw over Trick Williams because. It's blatantly obvious Carmelo Hayes is the one that that attacked Trick Williams and the and Ilya Dragunov, which leads which will lead their matchup into uh, NXT Takeover Philly, probably in a Philly street fight. Next match we got here, I agree. I think it's gonna be Braun and uh, <coughs> Braun and uh, Baron. And uh, to be honest, Baron's kind of improved a little bit. Oh, I totally agree. Next we got is Lyra Valkyria. Take defending her title against Roxanne Perez for the NXT women's title. Oof. Which, by the way, kudos to Roxanne for showing up on the main roster t- on the uh, Rumble on Saturday, too. That's why I don't think she's winning here. I think she's getting called up. Because also, you got Tatum Paxley, who is Lyra's number one stalker fan. Yeah, we've seen that before. Yeah, I'm seeing it right now with uh, John and Dave LaGreco. Um... What do you see winning this one? Lyra. Lyra's retaining. In a match, oof. In a match that I think could be one of the matches of the night for the NXT North American Championship. Oh, is that uh, Obafemi and Dragon Lee? Oof. Who do you see winning this one? And don't say the fans. I was going to say Femi. Obafemi. Yeah, I would. I'm really intrigued with that match. I am too. And uh, Opa is actually impressive. I think he's only like 23, 24. Yeah. Oh, uh, and also, I actually forgot to mention this since we were talking about Gunther. I'm going to pause Vengeance Day for something. Tomorrow is a historical day in WWE because tomorrow will mark the 600th day of Gunther's title reign. Which is insane to think about, especially for the IC title that ev- that for the longest time everyone completely forgot about. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, but I want to keep things moving here. Uh, for the NXT Championship, we mentioned before, Ilya Dragunov takes on Trick Williams. It's gonna be Dragunov because, like I said, they're. Like I said, they're facing, they're setting up um, Trick and Carmelo, and I think that's going to be Carmelo's swan song going up to the main roster. I would agree on that. And for some reason, this match is listed at number five. I don't know if that's considered to be the main event. Probably. Six-person mixed tag team match. On one side, you have the family in Tony D'Angelo, Stax, and Adriana Rizzo. Versus OTM, which is Lucin Price, Bronco Nima, and Jada Parker. Oh, that's um, Scripps' uh, Scripps's, uh, crow. Yeah. Who do you see winning this one? Uh, based off what I'm seeing, I think the family. 
it would make the most sense. But there's one matchup that should be on there, but obviously we're probably going to get it on TV. How about uh, uh, Lola Vice versus whatever the hell her name is? Oh, um, Electra Lopez? Yeah, after that little little face-to-face those two had last week. Yeah. Especially especially when they kept calling each other puta, 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 puta. I'm like, wow, okay. I, I liked it. Well, yeah, you have Shawn Michaels that's running the show. Yeah. You, you basically have, yeah, you have DX running everything now. Yeah. Which Every, is weird. Everyone, everyone said, everyone's been, everyone said for years. Oh yeah, the NWO is taking over. Hell no! Who would have thought in 2024 DX is running WWE? Yeah, in in essence. But uh, let's keep things moving here because Ryan, I know we got some independent stuff to get to. Yep. And I know everybody's been waiting for it, so let's get to it right now. Obviously, as we're waiting for our guest to join, <coughs> Ace Wrestling, Ace Ace comes back this Saturday for Hero Celebration. You will be the ring announcer for said show. And I'm I actually going to... I think you're trying to hold the poster. Yep, there it is. Well, I know I asked you this when we had... Hold on. Okay. I know when we had Mike on, I asked you this question, but I want to ask you this now. Being that we're only a few days out from that show, mm-hmm. it's the first show that they're doing in over in almost in over a year. Last show was Lethal Injection back in November of twenty two. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling heading into this show? So, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna get a little gonna get a little deep on this one. Go right ahead. So. Ace Pro, Ace Pro Wrestling. I this this show Hero Celebration is basically a special one for me. Not just this Hero Celebration, but just the name Hero Celebration itself. Because Ace Pro Wrestling is what well, Ace Pro Wrestling is one of the promotions that gave me a brand new nobody and nobody announcer on you know in the wrestling world an opportunity to step to be a part of quintessentially one of the top promotions on the East Coast. And um, where, where basically I was taught by some of the best minds in wrestling, whether it was through Mike Morgan, Cheyenne, um, William Wyeth, F, I'm saying names that, that obviously I know that you def- that you definitely don't know. Uh, William Wyeth, John Harder, Classic Mikey D, uh, Ken, uh, Uncle Kenny, as, as we call him, uh, Jamal Jackson. The list goes on and on and on and on. Um, you know, teaching me, you know, about, you know, obviously how production, how to, you know, announce for production, um, where, you know, the proper placement for production. And that was 11 years ago. And I will, and I, and I've said this on numerous occasions, and I will say this until the end of time, or the day I die, whichever one comes first. 
I would not be the announcer that I am today in whether it's MMA, kickboxing, or wrestling if it wasn't for Ace Pro Wrestling. Because there was there's something about Ace Pro Wrestling that makes people makes people come back. No matter what your stature is, no matter what your quote unquote hierarchy is. Ace has always had a special place in my heart. And uh actually, you know what? John, talk a little bit more because I actually have something I'm gonna show. So I'll be right back, folks. And guys, until Ryan comes back, like I said, let me see more screen here for a second. <coughs> I I told this to Ryan even before it was announced that he was going to be ringing out. Said I was going to go back to that show no matter what. I the two A shows that I went to, which was the, the only thing I remember from them, was the fans bring the weapons match with Vince Steele and uh, Alvin Alvarez, and then the um, then there was another one. I don't remember the big match on that one, but I remember that match. There's something about the aura of that place. And Ryan is back. Okay. So, when I said that, you know, Ace is a special place in my heart. I remember this so well. It was February 7th, 2015. The first ever Hero Celebration event from the Jose Marti Freshman Academy in Union City, New Jersey. Where, um, off the top of my head, on that night we had Rob Vegas taking on Jay Lethal in a pay-per-view quality match, the same that we had a Lethal Injection. Um, Stockade versus Danny Moff again in the first of their many battles, and you know, and there was a massive battle royal to you know, a Heroes Cup battle royal. This thing that I have in my hand, which I'm going to show you all. I carry this in my bag because that's how much Ace Pro Wrestling means to me. Because also, over the years, myself and my mother, God rest her soul, got close to the family, especially especially the hero that we are all celebrating, Mike Morgan Jr. I remember so well. Everyone in the locker room got these. If you don't mind, John, full screen it for me, please, so I can show everyone better. This right here is the infamous armband that I keep I keep telling you about, John. The Ace for Life armband. The reason why it says Ace for Life is because these three words were the last words of Mike Morgan Jr. And Mike and Mike Morgan Sr. made armbands for everyone to wear on the first hero celebration. Because that's how much Ace Pro Wrestling means to each and every single one of us. And I will be wearing this in full force this Saturday. Well, like I, I said this when you... <coughs> I'm glad I finally got a chance to see this this armband because you were... You, Mike, and Cheyenne were talking about this thing so much on uh, when we had them both on two weeks ago. Ace for life. Always and forever. There's... Something and you said this perfectly before. I'm wearing there's this something, huh? I'm wearing this on my arm now. There's something about being in that building. 
yeah, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting the big crowd coming to an East show. Mm, don't be so sure about that. You're not getting a crowd of 500 people showing up in T-neck. Uh, we might be looking at almost three. No, no, but what I'm saying is we, not you, you're, not, you're not getting, okay, you're not getting the creative pro crowd. Yeah, I know. But it may be a tiny crowd, but you're part of a family. And also, uh, Ace Pro Wrestling, they've had a lot of names go through those doors. I'll name some of them for you all right now. Yep, yeah, see, even Mer even Mercury, we've done three before. We have. I'm gonna mention some of the names that people have people not people that have, have come through Ace Pro Wrestling. And when I say some of these names, you're gonna be very shocked. Are you ready, John? Yeah. Or oh crap, I forgot about that, Mark. I think it was uh oh yeah, I think it was um the crossroads when the one was Danny Moffat lands on Hawaii. I remember that remember that show. Which by the way, folks, go check that matchup, matchup on YouTube. That's fucking amazing. So here is a here are some memorable names that have come through those doors at Ace Pro Wrestling, whether it's in Teaneck, Bogota, Wallington, or at the infamous or at the famous Ace Arena on Sip Street in Union City, New Jersey. <laughs> Um, obviously, besides Jay Lethal, uh, how about CM Punk's wife, AJ Lee, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels? Um, oh, yeah, how about the how about the winner of the Continental Classic, Eddie Kingston, who, who by the way, a little bit spoiler, used to come to Ace on a regular basis. Uh, we also had the Almighty Sheik on there, and by Almighty Sheik, I mean the guy. Almighty, the guy that runs uh, uh, PCW Ultra out in California, um, also for Ace Pro Wrestling, also for Ace Pro Wrestling back in the day, uh, the arena was home to a bunch of top-notch indie promotions, including uh, I'm going to say the name now, even though it's defunct, but uh, Chikara, as well as Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. Some big names. Oh yes. Some and, oh oh I knew I forgot them. Um oh yeah, Keith Lee. Okay. Which was him against Danny Moff. Jesus. And also Moff faced off another guy that um you definitely cream your pants over off so so much. Die Jack. Oh Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like I said, folks. Whether you you've heard me say it on here or you know you see me in person, you keep me you hear me talking about Ace and whatnot. Well, the time for both the time for excuses are over this Saturday. Ace Pro Wrestling returns live from TNEC. They are not selling tickets online. Oh, thank you so much for that, Mark. I appreciate that. John, put that comment up for me, please. Thank you for thank you. I completely it slipped my mind. I thank you, Mark. Eddie Orango, who you who also used to be Bandito Jr. Remember John, one of the referees that said, Eddie, 
yeah. that was he came through Ace a lot, and um, also some notable um, indie names like um, Asriel <laughs> has come through there. Crowbar has come through there. Um, your favorite person of all time, Dominic De Niro, which by the way will be there on Saturday. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, get your ass ready. <laughs> There's a few guys on that card who I haven't seen wrestle in. It's been a hot minute. Um, but yeah, like I said, folks, Ace Pro Wrestling is back. There's no excuses, no bullshit. No, uh, no. Oh, I, I, where can I see Ace? They're not doing tickets online. If you want a, if you, if you want a guaranteed seat, reach out to them. Um, you know, with a reservation, as they call it. Oh, Mike Donovan. Yeah, my yeah. I'm well. I mean, no disrespect towards Mike Donovan. I'm talking about bigger, bigger names. Gangone has been through there. Rick Actually, at, one point, at one point, Gangone was a two-time Ace Diamond Division champion. And I still remember the match. I remember. Was it the Halloween show where it was Cade versus Dominic? Yes. Oh, thank you. Jesus Christ, Mark. What are you what are you looking up Wikipedia right now? Uh, uh we've also had Rhino come through there and also the Cowboy James Storm, which that one was uh the Cowboy James Storm against Stockade. So Cowboy Oh, also the Bulldozer Matt Tremont came through there. Holy crap. Do you see you see the impact that Ace has? Yeah, no, I, I completely, I've, I swear. And, regard, and regardless of you know all these all these other promotions I work with, whether it's Deadlock, whether it's um, Invictus, WrestlePro, Creative, Ace is always number one in my heart. Is it safe to say Ace sort of try to make the best way to phrase this? Ace. Is the Ring of Honor of indie wrestling? Yes. Let me. I just want to explain to on, people on, on the on the East Coast. On the East Coast, I just want to explain. You look at Ring of Honor, and I'm not talking the Ring of Honor now, because honestly, the Ring of Honor now to me is a joke. You're, to, you're talking. You're talking like 2009, 2010 Ring of Honor. When you had Tyler Black, El Generico, Kevin Steed, the Briscoes, um. What's his face? Brody Lee. And you saw how all of a sudden, if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, we wouldn't have half the guys in WWE that we have, and we wouldn't have half the guys in in, uh, in AEW. Look at Ace. If it wasn't for Ace, look at all the guys you just mentioned. I'm not even talking about the guys you're like your Jay Lethals or your Dijacks. I'm talking about your guys just on the independent level. Yeah. Who have made a name for themselves. Your gang goes. Your Rick Recons, um, Eddie Kingston, your Eddie Kingston's. So that's why I was saying to me, um, Ace, Ace, Ace is. The, this is gonna sound really cheesy and cliche, you know, kind of like you know the Ace Hardware commercials. But Ace is the place if you want to get your name, if you want to be, if you want to get recognized in wrestling. You know, it's funny. I had, I, as we've been talking about Ace, Ace is the place that, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've had it in my head. But no, Ace Pro Wrestling is the place to be if you want to get recognized in pro wrestling. 
I also and hear- I'm so grateful to still be a part of them after 11 long years. I also hear they have a very good, um, a very good ring announcer. Yeah, he's all right. And yep. Oh, here's an interesting thing. Yep, I remember. I remember her saying that she was there too. Yep. But the biggest thing, also, that I look forward to with going to Ace, I kid you not, not just only you get good wrestling. I know where you're going with this. You also need to hear a phenomenal ring announcer. You are not going to go with that. What? What did you think I was going to go with? Those freaking empanadas. Oh yeah, they're they're good too. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Um, shit. What was I gonna say about that? Um, not the empanado part, but about Ace. Um, I can tell you about some of the matches that are taking place on that card. Yeah. So off the top of my head. Yep. Yeah, see, Mark, even better. Um, so even Billy popped at the empanada because that's what you remember. Ow, that's what you remember Ace for. And actually, I want to give a quick shout out here for a hot second. Cheyenne Ortiz started his own podcast. I actually, fi- I actually finally listened to him. Listened to the one he did with Mike earlier. That's the yep. one. I'm, that's the one I was about to talk about. Oh. The whole story that he explained about the whole empanada thing. I loved it. I give him a shit ton of respect because how many I, times have we gone? I've known that. I know. I've known the story for a while. But he, I just want to bring this point up quickly. You go to independent wrestling. You go. You go to the. You go to the mecca. You go to Empire Live. You go to any W Hall. Yeah. What's your typical meal choice? Hot dog or some some somewhat sub subpar cooked hot dogs and real or uh, bags of chips or uh, uh oh there was another one or. Rock hard pretzels, or sometimes coffee as well. And it depends on the building, but go on. But you get empa freaking nadas. The the story the story that he the story that he uh, which folks by the way if you haven't if you if you haven't checked it out definitely check out the fall what was it the following interview yeah something along the lines of the, that yeah the following interview is scheduled for one fall. Hosted by hosted by the Golden Voice himself, Cheyenne Ortiz. Um, especially especially the one with Mike Morgan, where he went into full detail of how the whole concession thing started. Where it started with you know not just empanadas, but also started with uh, Italian sausage, um, burgers, chicken. You know he 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 went all out. As we're talking about the food, you know what meme I have going through my head. What and you're gonna you're gonna pop at this one. I have the meme going through my head of Homer Simpson with the drool coming down the side of his mouth. Yep. Because that's what you think about when you think of these freaking empanadas. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, I know this is a wrestling show, but I kind of want to bring this up now, sports-wise. Okay. Um, Breaking news. In the world of baseball, uh oh. Apparently, according to reports, 
Orioles ownership has has agreement to sell the team. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. <coughs> we know what that means. Sorry, folks, just wanted to say because I happened to see that. But anyway. Yeah, we know um, what that no, means. No. Oh, and also fries. I forgot he also does fries. Uh, I'm so and, and also and I think it was 2015, 2016, where he started doing the empanadas at the Morgan Jr. Arena in Wallington, New Jersey. Um, you know, yes, 1.7 billion. That's for the Orioles thing. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, Mark, you, you know what sucks? I was, you know what sucks? I missed, the, I missed the uh, the timeline of the Italian uh, sausage sandwich because when I started going to Ace as a fan, I think it was 2012. They just, they just lost the building to Union City, and uh, in Union City, it went over to Wallington. I think that's when they started doing just the burgers and the chicken fingers and fries. But stuff like that, but stuff like that, you don't really see that at any other indie promotions. No. Unless you go unless you go to like one that has like a full fledged bar attached to it. Yeah, you know who has you know who the only one that comes to mind for that? What? Empire Live. Ven, like venues like that. Even when uh when you and I went to Utica. Yeah, Utica, same thing. They had the restaurant in there. Stuff like but otherwise, you know, everyone gets, you know, the typical hot dog and a handshake. Which I actually got to experience that on Friday. I know you did. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, jo yes, John. Yes, John got a... Uh, how many did you get? One or two? I got one. Oh, you only got one glizzy? Oh, that's low for you, dude. Um, well, because, I mean, I mean, you know this. I didn't want to try... I'm going to refrain from what I was about to say. You didn't want to cause an explosion in the sewer line. I said it for you. That's not what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, I'll, um, I'll leave it. At, I'll leave it at this. My stomach. Again, explosion in the sewer line. Bingo. Yep. Anyway, so but yes, folks. Anyway, Ace on Saturday, which by the way, those freaking empanadas are a major sponsor. And from what I heard, they have 13 different flavors now. Actually, I want to see if I can pull up the menu. And potentially a dessert, which I don't know if Mike, I don't know if Mike Morgan is watching this, but I kind of actually want, I kind of agree with uh, Mr. Cheyenne Ortiz. Because if you remember, I think it was last week, talking about the little dessert idea. Okay, you're not listening, John. Oh, I am. And Mike, I don't know if Mike's watching, but um. No, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying, you know, I think he didn't want. Ah! <laughs> I, I'm not even reading Mark's comment now because you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but no, folks, definitely those freaking empanadas, oh, delicious. But also, you can see some awesome pro wrestling action, including. You see how I segued into it. Uh, they are they're changing the. Uh, they are changing things up for this show, for this event, because normally for this event they always do a um, a tournament, a Heroes Cup tournament. But they're changing it up and making the entire show about Mike Morgan Jr., which I think is phenomenal. So, in one matchup, uh, these two have had battles before in the past, and you know it's you know, you know, good, you know, great friends, better enemies, and Chris Rockwell taking on Rob Vegas in singles action. 
Uh, for, the, match. Uh, for the Ace Diamond Division Championship, a matchup that should have taken place here in New York, but due to some behind-the-scenes political BS, it never happens, but it's finally happening. First-time ever matchup. As the current reigning and defending Ace Diamond Division Champion with formerly known as Foxy. I think she changed her name. I'll find out more on Saturday. Um, the Asgardian Beast, Cade Lothbrock, defending against nobody's better than Michael Mistretta. Wait, that's I thought that's a singles match. Yeah, it is a singles match. Oh, okay. I thought you said I thought you said it was for a title. It is for a title. Uh oh, for the yeah, okay. I had a brain fart there for a second. Um also uh speaking of titles, the current ace heavyweight champion Vince Steele issued an open challenge to anybody in the pro wrestling world, and boy, was that answered. All I know is whoever's ring we're using, uh, rest in peace, and, and we apologize in advance for what's about to take place, because for the ace heavyweight championship, it's going to be the Jurassic Juggernaut, Vince Steele, going one-on-one -on -one against Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Oh. Oh, God, I feel sorry not only for the ring, but for that building. Ooh, 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 ooh. Thank you, Merck. I Wait, that's a new thing now? Yeah, I just saw that one, and I... Uh, oh. I Mike Morgan, if you're watching, please leave a few of those on the side for me. Thank you so much. Um, and one for which, me. By the, which, by the way, folks, if you if you didn't see what you know he said, uh, he said, and I quote, I can't wait to try the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup cheesecake, Cheesecakes Empanadas. Huh? Oh, I'm trying to diet, Mike. I don't want to put on 25 pounds on Saturday. So at 11.59 tomorrow night, I will be fasting until Saturday. Oh, Mike, I, I want to enjoy these, but I don't want to put on 25 fucking pounds. It's called a cheat day. Use it. That's a cheat day? That's <laughs> basically, I was being nice. basically I eat that. I don't go off another cheat till my birthday at the end of March. Hey, listen, you live, you live and you learn. Um, I feel sorry for, uh, I feel sorry for the bathroom that night. Eh, that that building's gone through worse. And speaking of building going through worse, I don't think the building's going to be lasting after this main event, folks. Your main event for Hero Celebration, in honor of Mike Morgan Jr. In one corner. You have former ace heavyweight champion. I think he's a three-time or four-time heavyweight champion. Mark, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, a man who needs no introduction in a civilized world, but he gets one anyway because he is the fucking man. Uh, he is... <laughs> oh! Okay, I actually did not know about that. Thank you for thank you very much. Um, before I continue this long introduction, the Ace Fight for Flight title will be on the line, and it was vacated by Love Jones. So we will have a new Fight for Flight champion on Saturday night. Who will be in that match? Well, you got to come down and find out. It could. I mean, who knows? Maybe two out. Maybe two of the competitors are on this screen right now. I, I could be. Maybe. Um, but anyway, the bit 
Yes, cor yes, correct. Did I say, was it three or four? Oh, Ryan. He's here, isn't he? Our second guest has arrived. Well, can I finish my thing first and then we can bring the second guest on? Well, I was going to let you introduce him. You're oh, good. I can, I can kill two birds with one stone. Finishing up the main event for uh, Saturday. I believe three. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, the Bayon Badass, the Boricua Beast, and the King of the Motherfucking North, Danny Moff, going one-on-one -on -one against pretty much Ace Original. A former Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a former Ring of Honor World Champion, and current AEW star, Jay Lethal. So, folks, you uh, you don't want to miss out on Ace Pro Wrestling. Reach out to them on social media. I see you smirking with the biggest fucking smile on your face because our guest is on right now. So, folks, it is time to bring on our feature, our feature, one of our featured guests because I don't know where the other one is. So, at this time, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and privilege to bring on this gentleman. You may have heard his voice in numerous promotions. Hell, you probably could hear him in like four states over. But... <laughs> Uh, he is the owner and operator of a little-known up-and-coming promotion that's getting a lot of buzz in a phenomenal way in We Are Wrestling, which they will have an event this Friday night in the Boogie Down Bronx at St. Helena's Church. Please welcome the one and only, the voice of a generation, Mr. Pete Rosado. Thank you, man-child Ryan Peterson. I am so happy to be here. Uh, but I, I believe you were talking about the man who's also a two-time Ring of Honor World Champion, a two-time Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a six-time TNA X Division Champion. Listen, okay. listen, Pete. We don't we don't have all night here, and plus we wanted to bring you on, so we I had to cut it short. Hey, hey, John. I've spoken to the network. Don't worry. You can go commercial free. You just got to fire Ryan. Do to Ryan like <laughs> WWE did to Kevin Patrick. You know, that's all you got to do. And so it begins. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, How about turning the volume was, down from a nine to a three? You knew I was going to come on here. <laughs> You knew I was going to come on here. You knew I was going to mess with you, Ryan. You know how this goes. Okay. But in all, in, all, in all seriousness, Pete, it's so good to see you, man. It's been too long. No, it, it is, yes. It has been too long. It's because you don't come out to anything that's not within, you know, walking distance of your house in Long Island. Nah, I honestly, I've been dealing with some personal issues, and I've been taking a kind of kind of taking a step back from civilization for a little while. So, but I'm slowly coming back. And it's understandable, though. You know, hey, listen, Ryan said some very nice things about me for you know maybe the fifth time in my life. Let me say some nice things about Ryan, uh, a man who has been a voice, a longtime voice of a uh, five borough wrestling when it was when it was around. Uh, great, great man there, a man who you can hear. You know, in the ring at Creator Pro Pro Wrestling, you know, a fantastic school. You know, how they admitted Ryan, I'll never understand, but you know, hey, I'm still questioning that to this day. <laughs> but you know, you know, it, it, it's interesting because 
you know, and Ryan doesn't know this. I'm saying this for the first time ever. Um, one of the first things I remember um, when, you know, our ring announcer, Shane Fair, kind of burst onto the scene. And I said, man, he's got that, that vibrancy that you don't see out of a lot of people. And I used to see it out of Ryan Peterson. And it was, it was that, it was that spark that I saw in Shane. It reminded me so much of that spark that I used to see in Ryan, because we talk about five borough wrestling very, very fondly. There's a lot of great memories, you know, myself, Ryan, when you think of like the legacy of five borough, not only like what it's wrestling and what it did, but when you really think about myself, Ryan Peterson, Mittens, Tommy Salami, and Pete Corvus. All five of us came out of Five Borough Wrestling, starting as fans and then moving into different aspects of the business. Ryan becoming a ring announcer, not just in pro wrestling, but also in, in other aspects of ring announcing and presentation. Myself coming in as a, as a photographer, moving my way into commentary, still doing commentary and now, you know, running, running my own company, you know, kind of booking my own territory. Like who would have thought Tommy and Pete got into wrestling. I know Kevin found his way into refereeing for a little while. I, I, let, lest I forget Chris Barton. Yeah. You know, who, who was sitting there with us, who's now, you know, tearing up the scene as a tag team and singles wrestler. And then Mikey Mittens who's basically the most famous celebrity that ever came out of the front row. In New York Independent, I mean, Mittens is like the Vlad of indie wrestling. Pretty much, you know, um, you know. So when you really think about that legacy of Five Borough, not only like what it did in the ring, you know, helping launch the careers of people like Mike Verna and Darius Carter and uh, and and you know and uh, MJF, Bronson, all these different uh, wrestlers, you know, people that are still out there to this day. You know, it, it launched the career. Yeah. JT as well, you know, it was it was a uh, was a New York home for him, you know it. Uh, it it also helped launch the careers of six people who you would have never thought when you would have seen us back then. There's no way the six of us are involved in professional wrestling, and yet here we are uh, in in 2024, still carrying on that legacy. And it's uh, something I hold very dear to my heart. Five Borough is always very close in my thoughts and very dear in my heart when I think about things that I want to do. Uh, in professors, in fact, uh, there was a, there was a moment in time where uh, I wanted to reach out to Troy, the former owner of Fireball Wrestling, uh, about buying the Five Borough Championship and actually uh, resurrecting it as a title in We Are Wrestling that would respect and honor the history of the Five Borough title, but also give it new life as a the five borough championship to represent uh new york city and we are wrestling but um you know we we, we uh you know we found a different way we're going to be able to honor places like five borough even places like fwe and things that we're going to be doing moving forward and uh you'll see those things happening late 2024 going into 2025 but um you know ryan thank you this friday night in the bronx it's gonna be a, a, a banger as the kids say like the name of the show says, don't call it a comeback because, you know, you never yeah, won we were, we were supposed to come back in December. That was the original plan, right? We Our last show was in September, September of 2022. Right. Deja Vu headlined 
uh, by Ruthless Lala versus Mercedes Martinez. First time ever, two 20-year veterans going at it in the ring, uh, as well as Darius Carter versus George South, another first-time-ever matchup as well. Rob Killjoy defending the We Are Wrestling Grand Championship for the first time at home against the aptly named number one Ichiban, becoming the num- the first at-home challenger, uh, as well as a, a multitude of other matches that happened that night, which you can all catch live on the title match wrestling network. Uh, but the, we were originally scheduled to come back December 1st. Our, our next date was December 1st, 2022, Friday night. Um, uh, until I got a phone call from uh, one of our fans uh, who said, hey man, I uh, just want to let you know I won't be able to make the next show. And this this is a, a fan that's pretty dedicated. You guys might know him, Henny Wrestling. Yeah. And Henny Love reached it. out to me. And, yeah, and Henny was like, hey, man, I won't be able to make the next show. And I was like, what happens? Everything okay? Uh, and Henny was like, no, 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 everything's fine. Uh, I'm going to SmackDown. And I was like, I'm going to SmackDown? SmackDown's in New York? And he's like, yeah, SmackDown's in Brooklyn. And I was like, wait a minute. So I did my research and I found out that they had added that date. I think it had initially been somewhere else when I had originally looked up the date and they moved it. And so the December 1st SmackDown was going to be in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center. Uh, and then uh, literally a couple of days later, House of Glory announced that they were also going to run uh, December 1st. And they actually were headlined. That was the headline of uh, Santana versus uh, Matt Cardona, as well as having. Um, I believe it was, uh, oh man, I forget. Oh, Swerve versus uh, Speedwell Bailey. Yep. And uh, I was just like, okay, listen, I I may be a lot of things, and I may be crazy, but I am not suicidal, and I am not running on the same night as both WWE SmackDown and House of Glory. Oh, yeah. Um, so we spoke to the church. We tried to postpone literally one week later to Friday, December the 8th. Unfortunately, that was a, a Catholic day of obligation. So the, uh, the the entire school and the gymnasium as well, and the church would have been unavailable uh, to rent. And unfortunately, a lot of the available spaces in the Bronx are also kind of like uh, Catholic affiliated. So we were kind of out of a venue and I didn't want to go to Jersey because we're trying to really make a solid home in the Bronx. Um, and so we said, all right, we're going to have to come back in 2024. Uh, as much as we didn't want to. Uh, and there were just no January dates available um, at the church. And so our first available date that we were able to get was February 2nd. And uh, we said, hey, we're going to have to do it. And I just felt like, man, we've been gone uh, four months at that point. And that was, we had, we originally wanted to come back literally two and a half months later. So yeah, don't call it a comeback. Uh, it's a aptly named, you know, we were just, we were, we were worried. We were very worried about, um, you know, taking that much time off. No, I, I can see that, but <coughs> I mean, it's a loaded card. I actually have the card up here right now. See, and... look at that. Look at that. Look at that, Ryan. John's a professional. A professional, Ryan. Yeah, that's why he's more behind the scenes, and I'm on the on-screen type person. And actually, you mentioned Ichiban, and he's actually set to have a match against the All-Father, Darius Carter. Yeah. First time yeah. ever. I w- I, I, really? I, uh, yeah. First time ever, that's Ichiban versus Darius. I said the same thing, but you know what, Ryan? Uh, uh, you know, we are wrestling has 
tended to have a knack for these first time ever matchups. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in fact, back at our second show, which I believe you were at, Ryan, uh, our second show, it was all a dream in Ridgefield Park, uh, New Jersey, the night that was headlined by Dan Moff and O'Shea Edwards. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time ever. Wow. I'm surprised the building was, was still a, standing after that match. Yeah, that was the first time ever. Um, let me see. I think um, we oh, had... Yeah, wasn't, uh, wasn't Mercedes on that car, too? Mercedes versus Masha. That was match number two. They had already had a match, uh, I forget, for some promotion, I believe, in uh, South Jersey or Philadelphia. I forget the name of the company. But they'd had a match already there. Uh, the and then we had the... Say that again? Match two was probably better than the first one. No, match one was really, really good. Match two was great. Don't get me wrong. Match two was great. But match one was really, really good. Um, no, but we've had a knack for these first-time members. Uh, Jay Lethal versus Rob Killjoy on our third show. Um, you know, we ended up with, um, you know, as, as Dan Moff and O'Shea Edwards. Um, Speedball Bailey versus Janai Kai in our first show in the Bronx. Oof. Um, Mercedes versus Lala. George South and Darius Carter, and now Darius Carter versus Ichiban. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's almost as if, and this is interesting, Ryan, because you and I have known Darius for a very, very long time. Very long. It's almost as if Darius still hasn't reached his prime. And yet you and I look at Darius Carter, and we're like, we don't understand how this guy is not on somebody's television every single week. I think a lot of people are speculating that same thing as well. You know, I don't know. I don't know how an MLW and Court Bauer and his team haven't tried picking up a Darius Carter. I don't know why. Listen, it's not like Billy Corgan has a lot of people running to get NWA contracts. I don't understand why, you know, Billy Corgan hasn't, you know, called up a Darius Carter. He'd fit in great with that aesthetic of the NWA. And listen, you know, if, um, if Scott Demore wants to really talk about crossing the line, bringing back TNA. Hey, give us a call. Let's get you in contact with Darius Carter. And bring. Let, let, let's see what happens if Scott DeMore brings Darius Carter down to the impact zone, right? You know, back to the TNA arenas. And see what happens then, right? You know, even, even WWE, NXT, AEW, Darius Carter could fit in to any televised wrestling product. And if you want to go one step further, Hey, New Japan, right? Darius Carter in New Japan? Can you can you understand how incredible that would be for matchup potential? Especially especially a New Japan strong out in California. Oh, yeah. Listen, I the money I'd pay to see something like a Darius Carter versus a Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, a Darius Carter. I mean, I know he's an AEW contracted wrestler right now, but Darius Carter versus uh, Shibata? Oof. Or or uh, Darius Carter versus Daniel Garcia. Yeah, Garcia and, and, and Carter. You know, you uh, give me Moriarty really and Carter. Really good up. Yeah, there's so many different uh, incredible matchups that have yet to happen for Darius Carter, including you know one against Jay Lethal. I know that was something that Jay Lethal, when he was with us, was like, "Hey man, you know he watched Darius's match earlier that night. And he was like, I, I'd like to get in the ring with that guy." I got another one for Darius, and it, 
I think this would be not only from an in-ring perspective, but I think promo-wise, it would be top-notch. How about him and MJF? Oh, man. The funny thing is, when you say that, John, and, I, and I'm sure Ryan's thinking exactly what I'm thinking, the way that those two used to circle each other at Five Borough Wrestling, mm-hmm. it was almost as if we they just never did this. They, they, they never touched, never came together. A, ma- a massive missed opportunity there. I'll tell you straightforward. I mean, just, they were also they, they were also they were also two two of the biggest heels in the company at the time. You know, not a lot you could except for the final show where MJF was a massive baby face. We've been all talking about that. Oh man, yeah, that was that was probably the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But, uh, John, you said you have the card up, right? Yeah, I have the card up. I'm uh, just going through here right now. Well, let's get into the championship match. Rob Kiljoy defends the title against O'Shea Edwards. Yeah. I mean, what a what a second title defense when you think of, like, home title defense. The second time, only the second time, that Rob Kiljoy is going to be defending the championship, the grand championship, uh, under the We Are Wrestling umbrella. Now, Rob Kiljoy has had, I believe he's up to about 15 defenses outside of We Are Wrestling. He has taken that title everywhere. North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia, back and forth. He has defended that title with every opportunity against anybody that has asked for a shot at it. And I am, uh, and I and the team at We Are Wrestling are entirely grateful to every single company that has given the We All Wrestling Grand Championship a stage in their promotion and given it a highlight at their promotion. Um, you know, but also testament to Rob Kiljoy being a fighting champion, a traveling champion, uh, and not just waiting for the next We All Wrestling date to strap the championship on and go and, and, and be champion. He's been champion every single day of his reign. Uh, but talk about a, a big obstacle here. O'Shea Edwards, the big bad kaiju. You know, member of the MLW's Bumaye, you know, you know, uh, Bumaye Fight Club. And, you know, this is very interesting because this goes all the way back, all the way back to the night that Rob Kiljoy won the We Are Wrestling Grand Championship back in April of 2022 at There Can Only Be One. O'Shea Edwards was originally scheduled to be a participant in that one night tournament. Unfortunately, O'Shea Edwards had some other things come up that required his attention, and we had to postpone his involvement in the tournament. And Rob Kiljoy went on and won the We Are Wrestling Grand Championship. We don't know if that would have been the case had O'Shea Edwards been in the tournament that night. Maybe O'Shea Edwards would have walked out the We Are Wrestling Grand Champion almost a year ago. But what we do know is that Rob Kiljoy did walk out the champion, and is walking in to this Friday show, and still, we are wrestling grand champion. So, you know, O'Shea Edwards has a lot to prove, and I don't know if you've heard what's been going on on social media. Uh, apparently, Rob Kiljoy called him a bi. You know what? Oh boy, I, I don't understand when you get. <coughs> I've seen O'Shea Edwards on TV. I actually I haven't got a chance to see him in person yet. But with the size of O'Shea Edwards, that would be like me trying to piss off Ryan. Ryan could twist me like a pretzel. 
don't don't mention pretzels around Ryan. He gets he starts thinking he's getting paid for a booking. <laughs> now, now, one other thing I actually want to talk about was you were on a, another podcast with Mr. Raymond Sanchez. Yes. And it involves the six-person tag match involving Ruthless Lala. Can well, you explain- it's a tag match. Yeah, the tag match, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a CMD. Yeah. Uh, versus uh, Prolific, Lala, and Isaiah Wolf. But apparently Lala is no longer involved in the match? Well, no. So, um... Yeah, el- elaborate more as to what uh, what what the, you what yeah what's been going on? Yeah. So you for know, those for those know. of you, yeah. So unfortunately, Lala, there's just been there's been this weird, a lot of weird goings on right between um, Isaiah Wolf, Lala, uh, Tiberius Asante, and Adriana Mosley. This all kind of came to a head at Pro Wrestling R down in Gloucester, South Jersey. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah Wolf, the heavyweight champion over at Pro Wrestling R, Tiberius going after that that championship, uh, and each aligned with, you know, Lala and Adriana, respectively. And then, you know, on, come to find out that Lala had been kidnapped. Lala went missing. No one was able to get in contact with her. No one knew what was going on. And we started to see things on social media being released by Tiberius being released by Adriana Mosley, being released by a bunch of people saying that Lala was well being well taken care of, but Lala was in fact kidnapped. No one could get a hold of her. No one knew where she was. And come to find out, Ryan, that Ray Sanchez decided to put his foot in the business. Oh, boy. And uh, Ray, Ray Sanchez became privy to who exactly had Lala, where she was being held, who was guarding her, all of this information. And Ray Sanchez uh, failed to disclose to multiple people what was going on. And Ray Sanchez became an accomplice to what was happening. And a lot of people would reach out and say, hey, you know, let us know, free Lala, free Lala, that whole movement, you know, free Lala. And, um, I, had a meet, I had an interview scheduled with Ray Sanchez on Respect the Craft. And uh, you know me well enough, Ryan, that I stand on business. I don't just talk. I act. Mm-hmm. So I gave uh, Ray Sanchez an ultimatum, and this was on uh, Thursday night of last week. And I said, "Hey, listen, if Lala is not first of all, if we don't get information about Lala's whereabouts or Lala's release by noon tomorrow, then officially the announcement would be made, which was made, that if Lala was not released from captivity, if Lala was not physically able to be cleared by doctors." and participate in the match this upcoming Friday, then Ray Sanchez would have to take her place and team with Isaiah Wolf against CMD. And because I'm such a giving person, I said to Ray, it doesn't end there. After that, you, Ray, would have to pay your own personal penance for doing all of this stuff, for putting your foot in the business that it didn't belong in. And so I told him that if uh, if it came to pass that Lala was not able to compete next Friday, this upcoming Friday, that at our April show, when we returned to St. Helena's, Ray Sanchez would find himself in a one-on-one match against a man you were just talking about 
the Bayonne badass, Danny Moth. <laughs> but I, I was I was very I was nice, and I offered to let Ray pick the stipulation for the match. I said, Ray, you can either have a no disqualification match, or you could have a lumberjack match. Your choice. Jeez. Oh, but here's my. Additional question to that. With the type of person that Ray Sanchez is, you think he'd be the type of person that could bribe someone to not only take his spot in said tag match? That way he won't I mean, have to worry about step that way that way he won't have to worry about stepping in stepping in the ring himself. Or if it I had mean, to come it, to the, or if it had to come to the one on one match with Danny Moff, uh he wouldn't have to uh, you know, step in himself and just pay someone else to do it for him. Ryan, do you how long have you known Dan Moth? Yes. There's yeah, my answer. Exactly. So, There's so my do answer. you think do you think Dan Moth would allow Ray to be able to do that? <laughs> oh boy, was what was I thinking? Sorry. Well, Ray, it's a nice knowing you, buddy. You know, but but you know, Ray did find his way out of trouble. Lala returned this past Saturday at Ridgefield Park at Pro Wrestling Magic in the Chad Adams Memorial Rumble. You know, apparently, I guess, uh, Ray was sleeping on the job because they left Ray to guard Lala. And Ray fell asleep on the job. He's out here looking like Terry Taylor back in the 1980s with his new Red Rooster haircut. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Ray is, you know, going to try to be a new a hair model, or if he's trying to be the new mascot for Chick Fil A. Well, I think I'm not. Again, I'm not defending Ray, but if it was me, and I'm told, yeah, I could potentially have a no disqualification match against Danny Moff, and basically write my own funeral. I, if it was me, I'd sit there and go, "Okay, Lala, you're free. I don't want. I'm done." Hey, listen, that would have been the smart thing to do. So if that's what Ray did, he may have finally smartened up for the first time in a long time and, and did the right thing. Because, uh, you know, I, uh, I let's just say I sent the we, – we made a graphic for the match for uh, Ray Sanchez versus Dan Moff, and I, and I just so happened to accidentally send it to Dan Moff to, to see what he would think about it. And uh, I should say Dan was very intrigued by the possibility of uh, – yeah. <laughs> Raising some hell on a Ray Sanchez. John, go ahead. I, I think I learned a valuable lesson. You don't want to piss people off in the wrestling because you'll get put into a match with Danny Moff and then you might as well be done. Listen, I'm trying to figure out when, when Ryan's going to get into a match with Danny Moff. Uh, on the 12th of never. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Well, Pete, for some reason, every promoter is, has tried to put me versus Ryan in a match. Oh, God, don't don't get ideas into his head. I would, uh, that'd be nice. But I, I, I'd have to add a stipulation that it'd have to be an old-fashioned tuxedo match. <laughs> that would be my third tuxedo match I would be put into. You know, I, I, if you wanted, we can do a great tag team match, the world, the podcast. You'd have John and Ryan versus, uh, you know, Ray Sanchez and Tote and, and, and Toe Tags from the Knucklehead Podcast. Oh, 
Nah, if we're doing that, give us the give us the Bob Culture boys. Oh, you don't want them. That'd be a, that'd be that'd be you don't want that triple threat match. You don't want that. Listen, I I know that one of them, you know, really can't do anything without the other. Just saying. Yeah, but listen, Bob Bob himself lives with one of the most aptly named vicious women in you know in all of New York, New Jersey independent wrestling. Of course. Okay, so if you think he hasn't picked up a trick or two, and who was she trained by, by the way? Oh, right, Dan Moss. Wow. Okay, well, so here we go again, Ryan. You're just finding ways <laughs> to get in the ring, you know, de facto with Dan Moss. Well, I was going to say, if there's a podcast, Brian, that we can do a tag team match with, um, I think there's a main event podcast we can tag team up against. That's too easy. That's like, that's like putting the great collie against Hornswoggle. Hey, I, I'd take Hornswoggle in that one. Not in this match that we're thinking of. I'd take Hornswoggle in that one. But, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, John, you asked about Darius and Ichiban, and we talked about how that was a first-time-ever matchup. Um, but you know what's another first-time-ever matchup on this show? The matchup of, and this one, again, one of those where it's like these guys kept circling each other, and you, can't re- you don't realize this is the first-time-ever match. Jared Diaz, one-on-one against Dustin Waller. Oof. That's a... Dustin Waller, one half of one of the more popular tag teams out of New England, the Miracle Generation. Yep. And the the closer, Jared Diaz. Wow. Yeah, especially, that... especially with uh, Dustin Waller's, you know, recent matchup this past weekend against uh, Alex Ryman in Pro Wrestling Magic. Oh, an incredible match! Very insane. Which I'm surprised. I'm surprised We Are Wrestling hasn't brought Alex Ryman in. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we it's, you know, the old saying in wrestling, right? There's, there's, you know, you can't book everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think there will be a spot for Alex Ryman. I mean, Alex Ryman has been on a We Are Wrestling show before. Alex Ryman was actually on that same show. Um, it was all a dream against uh, Prolific. Back when him and Steve Off were still friends. Oh, when they were AMS. Yes. I honestly. You know, you know what, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen AMS, you know, involved in anything. And when I, oh, yeah. and <clears throat> which also by the on the side note, friend of the show, uh, Jumbo Man says hi. Hey, Jumbo Man, Jumbo Riff. But there's another match that kind of caught my eye looking at the match card here. And Ryan, you actually know, I think, not only do you know, but I think you've worked with every single person in this match. And that's the six-man tag match featuring Anthony Gamble, uh, Jorge Santi, Colossal Mike Law on one team versus Victorium. Yep, the team of Lucas Chase and the Brick City. No longer the boys, by the way. No longer the boys. No longer boys. They've grown up. Yeah, they have grown up. No, it's a listen. This is a vicious match, and um, at the opening of the show, 
on Friday. We, uh, myself and the uh, general manager of BST Wrestling in Connecticut, Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling, uh, Dad Girl Cece, uh, we will be coming to the ring to outline exactly what the stipulation is for this match. Because this is this has been a war going on between Anthony Gamble and Lucas Chase that stems all the way back to our first show in the Bronx back in October of 2021. Wow. Okay. Uh, our first show in the Bronx, Anthony Gamble and Lucas Chase went one-on-one. Anthony Gamble coming out with the victory. Since then, Lucas Chase has not let that go. The fact that his first match ever in his hometown of the Bronx, he took a loss to Anthony Gamble. And so Lucas Chase and Gamble have been going back and forth with each other up until last October, last September, literally the week after our last show, Anthony Gamble took it upon himself to drive all the way to Connecticut. Okay, Mind you, I'm busy doing commentary. I do commentary for BST. On that night, I am an employee of the company. You know how it is, Ryan, right? We're an employee of the company, and we're there doing our job, right? And I'm sitting in the balcony doing commentary with my commentary partner, Manny Sierra, at BST Wrestling. And what happens in the main event, the four-way four-way main event, where Lucas Chase is defending his BST championship? Anthony Gamble storms through the crowd and attacks Lucas Chase in the ring, laying him out, leading to Bobby Buffet pinning Lucas Chase and becoming the brand new BST heavyweight champion. And you know, at that moment, again, I'm an employee of the company. I'm not. I'm not the promoter. I'm not the owner. I'm not the guy running the show. And so I've got my boss, Dad Girl CC, coming up to me. Asking me what the hell I'm doing, thinking I'm involved, thinking I set this up. So myself and CC, we finally were able to get together and talk it out, and cooler heads prevailed. But myself and CC came to a decision, and we said, "Hey, listen, here's what we'll do: we'll do this six-man tag team match at the next We Are Wrestling show. But there will be a wrinkle in that match. There will be a stipulation which we both jointly agreed to." And whichever team wins this match, Lucas Chase, Anthony Gamble, will get a choice. They will have a choice to make one of those two men at the end of that match. And this war between Gamble and Lucas will come to an end one way or another in April at our next We Are Wrestling show. How that war is going to come to an end, we'll have to wait and see. It. <coughs> and folks, you're not going to want to miss it. Pete, I got one more match I want to talk to you about, and that's Jay Lyon taking on Nino Cruz, which, by the way, Nino Cruz will have Chris Barton in his corner. Yeah, uh, and that's nasty Nino Cruz and Chris Barton. These two young men, uh, the team Riz and Nasty, and as you know, Chris Barton, longtime tag team specialist. Uh, with with Dominic De Niro for a very very long time, and those two men decided to go their separate ways and kind of focus on some different things. And it just so happened that uh, uh, Barton was up in Canada at Super Kicked in Canada, and um, they needed Barton to team with Nina. He said, "Hey, we we have a, a situation. We need somebody to step up in this tag team match. Would you mind teaming with Nino Cruz?" 
And Barton found, he said, sure. Wasn't really super enthusiastic about it to begin with. He was like, I came here. I'm supposed to have a singles match. You know, this is not happening now. I'm in this tag match. Fine. But after that tag match was over, Barton couldn't stop raving about the almost instantaneous chemistry that him and Nino Cruz had. And from that moment, Riz and Nasty was born. And they've done a lot of their work in Superkick. And they're looking to bring the team to American soil, to a lot of the promotion that Barton has been a part of. Um, and Barton, you know, this was originally going to be a match for Chris Barton. It was going to be Chris Barton versus uh, versus Jay Lyon. And Barton said, hey, you know what? I want Nino to get this spot. I want Nino to get this exposure. Everybody in We Are Wrestling knows who I am. I want them to know who Nino is before Riz and Nasty take over as a team. And just having that, I know I said that was my last match. There's another match you have here, which is this the first time match again with Prince Ahmed taking on Azriel? It is. It is. And when you think almost a 20-year veteran in Azriel, you think he'd run the gauntlet against everybody. But yes, um, it's uh, first time ever Prince Ahmed, the torture artist himself, one-on-one against the Ring of Honor original former tag team partner of Mr. Jay Lethal, Azriel. And uh, listen, I don't know if anybody's seen Azriel lately, but when you usually say that somebody's been in the game for 20 plus years, you start to see guys slow down. They do less. They work smarter, not harder, right? You know, all that, all that good stuff. Azriel is still running pedal to the metal foot on the gas. He can go with the best of them. In fact, at our last show in New Jersey, uh, Azriel went one-on-one against Vinny Pacifico. And when I tell you, he had Vinny Pacifico sucking wind midway through that match. And that's hard to do, Ryan. You've seen Vinny perform a bunch of times. It's hard to get Vinny gassed. It is. You know, and as and as was able to do it, and as is willing to go up against the very best of them at any point, and I think this match may be the low-key sleeper of the night. This might be the match of the night right here. Prince Ahmed versus Azriel. But let's not forget that huge six-train scramble match. Sebastian Cage, Eden, Stan Michael, the, the, the cheapskate, Matt Rivera, the hype beast, Ben Rutten, and the harvester of sorrows herself. The one, the only, you know, the, the PPW women's champion. Sammy Chaos, the lone woman in that match, and she has put every single person in that match on notice. Um, there's a there's a lot going on this Friday night. Um, we have some special announcements to make as well. Um, you know, but also don't forget, probably the match that I'm surprised none of you wanted to talk about, and definitely surprised Ryan didn't want to talk about it. Jay Bougie versus Matt Awesome. Oh, yeah. These two have been going back and forth on social media for months. And it comes to a head in the Bronx, in both of these men's hometowns, this Friday night. Listen, front row sold out. Front row was sold out already. Still got general admission tickets left. Go on Eventbrite, okay? We are wrestling on Eventbrite. Get your tickets today or just come to the building. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8. 
come to the building, St. Helena's Church, 1315 Olmstead Avenue. We have parking, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're coming from Long Island and you want to come over the Whitestone Bridge or the Throgs Neck Bridge, we got parking. We got a big old parking lot. You want to come in from Manhattan? Hey, there's a train right there, the six train. Take that right over to Castle Hill or Park Chester. We're right in the middle. There's food all around the venue. There's food at the venue. Food and drink in the venue. That's right. We serve alcohol. Come on now. What night could get any better? Friday night with wrestling, food, and drink. It's going to be a great night this Friday. Uh, the only thing that makes this night so much better, there's one bad thing. And there's one good thing uh, about Friday night. The bad thing is John Blaine won't be there. That breaks my heart. You know, anytime I get an opportunity to have John Blaine in the house, I'm happy. But the good thing, Ryan Peterson won't be there. I knew you were going to go with that. You said that about Blaine. I knew you were going to say that. Ryan Peterson won't be there. So I can guarantee you that because Ryan Peterson won't be there, we will have time for one more match. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's interesting, Ryan also, I think Ryan's avoiding me because Ryan also won't be in Union, New Jersey tomorrow night. Uh, no, two nights from now on Thursday night at the Columbia Club for Shotgun Thursday night. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't really announce uh, shotgun. My my other uh, colleague over at WrestlePro, uh, Frank Myers, does. I know, but you should just be there to be there. Especially, especially with that card. Especially with the uh, the women's championship match that just got changed. I mean, come on now. Think about which this. By the, way, John, which, by the way, John, if you haven't heard, originally it was supposed to be Lena Cross defending the title against Lady Frost. However, apparently, Lady Frost is in Australia right now. So taking her place, it'll be Lana Cross versus the woman of a thousand holds, Serena Deep. Wow. Yeah, and I and I cannot wait. I am gonna be there in that building. It's gonna be my first ever shotgun. Can't wait to be in Union, New Jersey this Thursday night. And then I get to go to the Bronx to my own show. We are wrestlings, don't call it a comeback. And trust me, there are gonna be some big announcements that we're going to drop this Friday night. Not only will we announce our next date, which we will tell you it's in April, but we'll tell you the exact date in April for our next show. But some big announcements dropping on Friday. Um, let's just say maybe some new titles coming this year. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You have to find out on Friday. And, guys, again, it's We Are Wrestling presents. Don't call it a comeback because they've been here for years. I'm sorry, I had to. I had to go that way. <laughs> I'm, had- I'm going to be very, very. I'm going to be very, very interested to see if John's going to be able to correctly pronounce the name for our next show. Oh no! Oh, crap. <laughs> so I guess next week after it's announced on Friday, Ryan. I guess I'll have a segment on the show where I try to pronounce their next show. It'll be the hooked on. It'll be the hooked on phonics section. Might need some Duolingo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Pete, it's always a blast having you on. But Ryan, I think it's also safe to say we can also wrap up the show. Hey, that's fine with me. <laughs> there you go. You know, for the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado, for the Corey Graves of everybody's heart. John Blaine, right over here. 
And for this man, the Kevin Patrick of the Independents, we don't need him. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, why don't you uh, sign us? If you're going to do it right, at least call me the Byron Saxton of it, okay? As long as I can be Pat Maxton. Oh, that's fine. You're more you're more energetic than me anyway. Let's you're go, man. Well, oh, we could, the, thing is, the thing is, we can hear Pete Rosado, and we could be three states away. That's... Let's go! <laughs> I think they heard him at the Rumble down in Florida. Um... <laughs> No, nah, but uh, folks, like like John said, I think it's you know I think it's time to wrap things up again, Pete. Even though you always bust my balls, it's always good to see you, my man. It really is, and definitely check out We Are Wrestling, one of the top premier. And I say that, and I say that term very, very exclusively, premier promotions in the tri-state area, in the five boroughs, pretty much bringing back wrestling. Back down to the Boogie Down Bronx this Friday night. And also, Pete will be there at Shotgun Thursday night for WrestlePro, where there'll be a shitload of titles on the line. So definitely go check that out in Union, New Jersey. Um, you can catch myself at WrestlePro, not WrestlePro, Ace on Saturday for a hero celebration, which, you know, we don't know if Pete will be there or not, but I know I'll be there, and so will John. If I'm awake... I'll be there. That's a good that's a good answer. <laughs> if you're coherent, that's good enough for me. Right. And um John? The only thing we have that I, I mean, yeah, I'll be at a fan, I'll be a fan at a couple of upstate shows coming up. But Ryan, the big thing that I'll be a part of, actually you'll be a part of as well, April 4th. Oh yeah, I forgot we're I forgot we're still promoting that now. Yeah, on April 4th. Uh, not only will this podcast be a part of it, but also I will be one of the announcers, probably the only announcer, for RexFest, which takes place on Thursday, April 4th, in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, during WrestleMania week. Uh, Ryan, are you talking about this graphic right here? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that graphic. Live from the, live from the Arts Ballroom in Philadelphia, it's Rex Fest featuring uh Crown of Maine Wrestling, Fighting Spirit Wrestling. Yes, I did say that name, Pete. That's a little blast in the past. And very uh, much is, other, very much is. And a and a few other and a few other promotions still to be determined. So if you're in the I think uh they have full day pass full day uh tickets as well as single event tickets on sale. I definitely so. give them a follow. Get definitely give them a follow. But also, Done. if you're not in the area, <coughs> you can also stream it as well, because this little podcast will be the official post-show of RexFest, happening in Philly, as Ryan said, April 4th. I think from what I know, time-wise, I think we're going 7 to 7.30, but we'll, get, we'll know more about that as we get closer to it. But again, guys, appreciate all the support. It means a lot. Ryan, actually, did want to make one quick mention. UWE uh, Rewind, our new, our other new wrestling show, mm -hmm. gets started tomorrow night, 9 p.m. First guest on that show will be UWE owner and promoter Craig Palmer. So you're not going to want to miss that. 
Again, that happens tomorrow night live right here on this same channel, 9 p.m. Eastern. But for Pete Rosado, it's actually the most quiet I've ever heard him in the year I've known him. <laughs> and by the way, folks, it's not Rosario, as some people call him. Uh, you know, hey, the, the, the Papa Dang, because sometimes has a problem with the talking, you know. <laughs> for Ryan Peterson, I'm John. This is another episode of Around the Ropes, Around the Ropes podcast. Catch you guys next time. English. Right sucks.